patience, my friend. Afraid, are you? This station is being brought to you via Nolsoft Shoutcast streaming technology. For more information, visit shoutcast.com. Hi, this is Michael Sheard, Admiral Ozzel from The Empire Strikes Back. And you are listening to Star Wars On Direct. Accepted a rebel broadcast. Here it is. And welcome to Star Wars Sound Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Hi, everybody. This is Gunita, is accompanied by the. Rebel scum. They are in this system. I will deal with them myself. The Emperor himself has requested your presence about this matter. Prepare my shuttle. Yes, my lord. We can use the Force to make these Rebel fans tune in live, and then take control of Star Wars fandom. They will listen to Star Wars on direct, or be destroyed, my master. Good, good. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> Hi everybody, this is Josh from TheForce.net. When you get online, be sure to stop by the number one fan site for Star Wars for your daily dose. Our Star Wars news is updated literally a dozen times a day. We cover everything from the upcoming Episode 3 to the latest video games and collecting news. If it's connected to Star Wars, you'll find it on TFN. Post your thoughts about Star Wars. React to the latest news in the Jedi Council forums. Over 10,000 posts a day. Stop by our side of the Internet, theforce.net, your daily dose of Star Wars. 
StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars Fan Audio on the Internet. It's your home for Star Wars Fan Audio Genre News, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars Fan Audio community, and the only Fan Audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Is it just me or I'm not hearing myself? I think it's just you, because I can hear me. you plenty. Okay. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, here we are again, me, Sebastian, Will, Mutes, Kieran Omar, and Rick Star. Not the Ultimates! I just heard my f- the first Tatooine TV parody, which was really funny. And uh, I'm joined, of course, by my friend who speaks really well English, Kit Fisto, aka Brian Kieran. Hello. And he doesn't watch C-SPAN all day. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't watch much TV. Of course not. He watch he, he, he watches CPAC, which is the the political <laughs> channel. Yes. <laughs> and true. I watch CBC News World. Oh, okay. And BBC. Oh. You News don't watch you, you don't watch the actual fact news like Fox News or CNN. No, 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 no. It's too fair and balanced for me. Okay. <laughs> I like my news a little tainted. Uh, okay. <laughs> 
And of course, we have our producer, Danny Pepin, who's here with us. Yes, I'm back. He's back. Back and black. Yeah. <laughs> We're not sure if he's a zombie yet. Like, the, hi- the, the wound hasn't healed completely, yeah. so... I will turn a zombie during the show. We're still waiting to see, like, a little alien come out or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who knows? So, tell my mom that I love her. <laughs> That's it, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. And, of course, today's main subject will be the original trilogy on DVD. Oh, my gosh. released on September 21st. Uh, we'll, we'll, we will have a nice, very nice interview with Jay Thompson, director of Heart of an Empire. Who's in the chat right now. Who's in the chat right now on StarWarsOnDirect.com. The secondary uh, subject will be Star Wars Galaxy Jump to Lightspeed, where our friend Wookie Mart will be joining us. On the phone? On the phone, of course. And we'll have our uh, usual segments, Hyperspace, Star Wars, uh, what is it? Weekly news update? I don't know. I'm I'm still... It's a work in progress. You're pondering on that title? <laughs> work okay, so let's call the miscellaneous news for the time being. And, of course, the community update afterward. Uh, but for now, my friend Kit Fisto will tell you how, to, how you can contact us. Well, yeah. Wait, it's been a month. How do I remember? It's swendirect.com to listen to us. There's a link right there. No. You can email us. It's yeah. at hotmail.com. And no, that's to listen to us. Our email address yeah. is studio at swendirect.com. You can add the MSN user swendirect at hotmail.com to, to instant message with us. And send you can us your phone number. Send us your phone number so we can call you at our expense. You can see us on the webcam on the main site. And you can also chat with us in the chat room on the main site. So, back to you, Sebastian. Well, on this note, uh, we're going to be talking about some movies uh, pretty soon. <laughs> But first, maybe we'd like to go to the word of the producer. Okay, I can go before, yeah. Some plugging to do, basically. <laughs> it's Nathan's birthday today, so Yay! he's 25. Happy birthday, Nathan. Happy birthday. And for Tales 21, I think you will be talking about it in the Miss News. Maybe a bit. I don't think so. If not, well... His story is, uh, will be coming out in three days, so Wednesday. Yes. Next, uh, there's a new Star Wars radio show, which is called Star Wars and Beyond, by uh, Robbie Chastain. He, uh, he plugged our, our show last time. And that's ma- that, that makes four shows now, four Star Wars shows. So for people, there's, a, there's something for, for everybody now. There's Nathan's Chrono Radio, Requiem of the Outcast with Rich Run and Janine, Star Wars and Beyond with Robbie, and there's us, yes, which there is live. Is. And that's about it, so ch- go on FanWorks. All the other shows are uh, hosted on FanWorks. Next, Jan Wa- John Walker, who is a, a member of uh, Star Wars FanWorks, uh, is involved in a project at awradio.com, and he will have a, 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 a show w- which where he will play uh, Star Wars audio content including us and all the o- other radio shows and uh, all audio dramas wow the pressure there will be a, I, I, I went to the, the website awradio.com and there was a segment on Tuesday night I think called radio, uh, Star Wars City Radio so that's probably the The temporary time slot, so uh, we'll inform you uh, as it develops. And also, uh, thanks uh, to some of our listeners. 
we forgot to plug a couple of show back. First, there was Mark who has a Star Wars miniature website. Uh, really? Yes. So Very go, interesting. Go at the Star Wars mini minigames.com. It's Star Wars minigames in one word.com. There's uh, also Charles Anson who uh, was a frequent caller on Jedi Talk. He represents Mac and Clones. Uh, it's a Star Wars fan club in Georgia. Uh, check their website at juicity slash macon m-a-c-o-n underscore clones slash home check their website thanks for listening and plugging the show of course and finally thanks to all the listeners who sent me kind words uh, after I got out of the hospital even some long time listener I didn't know about were listening and we never see, see them in the chat so that's cool but you don't have to wait until so, some of us go sick to send us your comment of but course anytime anytime you just send a, an email to studio at swendirect.com and we like having uh, feedback from our fans thank you Sebastian and that's about it no problem now I have power <laughs> don't like Max well now <laughs> feel my wrath <laughs> okay movie oh wait do you have the service pack yet oh no make sure it doesn't crash your computer <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> the service pack. Service pack for Windows XP? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I heard that crashes a lot of computers. Yeah, that's why I didn't have to upgrade <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not mine. I have it. It doesn't crash. Uh, I didn't put service pack 2 in. Okay. Uh, I have security updates. Okay. Weekly. <laughs> yeah. So, movies. Movies. Lots of movies I've been seen. I heard uh, you saw Team America World Police yesterday. Yes, me and my friend Nick went on uh, Friday. Afternoon. Okay. Oh, Friday. Okay. Friday afternoon. One of the first showings. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched. I used to watch Thunderbirds, and it was okay. And the concept for this movie is funny, and it's not bad idea. I would have preferred live action because it just got so damn tedious and stupid, <laughs> like. I wanted the marionettes to emote. <laughs> like, ah, it just drove me nuts. Like, it was funny for the first little bit, but then after a while, it just got really stale. And the whole, um, I don't want to ruin it for certain people, but there's one joke where the main character has to prove himself. It's just wrong, and they went too far. <laughs> okay. Too far, and I didn't enjoy the joke. Okay. Um, it's funny. It pokes a lot of fun at Michael Moore. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's nothing special. Okay. A lot of people are saying it's amazing and stuff like that. I, I didn't find it that great. But in, def- in its defense, Nick went to see it again on Saturday, and he enjoyed it more the second time. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> It might all depends on you. Might be just like Star Wars Episode 2, you know? <laughs> first time is never the good time. <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed Star Wars Episode 2 very much the first time. Okay. And uh, I personally saw the movie Taxi, which I hope some of you still have failed to see it because it's not really worth going to see. But uh, probably some Americans don't know that the f- there, there's a, a, French a remake of a French movie. That's it. It's a remake of a French movie by Luc Besson, who's the executive producer on that movie. And uh, you know what executive producer means? <laughs> He's like sitting and getting mashed. 
<laughs> Not much. There you go. But no, but basically, seriously, it's really about Queen Latifah and Jimmy Fallon doing a really good job, being a really good duo at doing jokes and everything. But it's really not just not the same thing as the French movie. Of course, it's better if you speak French to understand all the jokes in the French movie. But the French movie was ten times better than the the, the English one. I I can't imagine be if it being in ten times better. Uh, I didn't find Taxi that, the French version that great. The first imagine how bad no, it the, must the first be. Uh, the first the was first hilarious. Yeah, not that much. Yeah. I saw it on TV uh, two weeks ago and it was oh. okay. You have to understand French humor. Okay. It's one yeah, of those things just like yeah, you have French English in humor. In Don't worry, it's just not that funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I'll stop fighting. <laughs> and uh, Quebecois humor is a lot better. I just like go, go see it if you want to. Go see it as a matinee. It's not like ten bucks forty. And uh, I suggest waiting for DVD or video release. Is that it? Yes. Yeah, I didn't a, have time to no, see yeah, anything else. Yeah, the, the Forgotten. Oh yeah. Well, if you saw if you saw the trailer, there's the punch is right in there. If What? You, the, the 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 punch of the movie? Yeah. If you uh, check closely at what happens to one of the characters in the the preview, yeah, uh, you instantly have. Uh, The I, uh, no, no, no. An idea of what could cause that, and that's kind of the punch of the movie. Okay. That's it. It, it's, it, it, it wasn't supposed to be very good. No, it's okay. It's an okay movie. There's, there's a cool suspense for those who never watch X Files or some, some things okay. like that. Yeah, so that's about it. I, sh I saw Shark Tales. It's, it's very funny. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of jokes in the background and everything you know uh, reference and everything uh, it's it's fun for uh, for all even the adult it's uh, it's not as good as Shrek yeah. but it's pretty funny and I saw last one, Shaun of the Dead it's, oh the yeah? it's the fourth zombie movie this year we're getting uh, like zombie it now with zombified Did you know? Zombify, yeah. We're getting sick of zombies. Then you, we have 28 Days Later, uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse, Dawn of the Dead, and Shaun of the Dead this year. It's At least that's a good thing for Resident Evil. They didn't, didn't like spend 90% of the movie showing zombies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's it's supposed to be a parody, but uh, yeah. I I find that Dawn of the Dead had some funnier moments. Oh yeah. Even if it was serious most of the time, but when the when it was hilarious, it was more hilarious than in Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is is more light-hearted, you know. Okay. The guy goes to the the depanner, the the, the corner store, corner store, and the guy is a zombie, and he's so used to go to the depanner, uh, to the corner store every day that he doesn't even see that the guys are zombie behind the and the zombie are all slow and you can like play with them so <laughs> it's it's kind of okay it's not that great and they, they, you get the cheesy love story in there so well go see it if you like zombie movies and that's about it okay so so now we're gonna go to a short musical break and we're gonna be listening to My Sacrifice from Creed and we'll be right back right after Tatooine TV following uh This music break, Star Wars Parody Second. Can't oh. wait to hear it. I'm scared. 
Structural damage transmissions. A communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come! You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. And welcome to Star Wars on Direct. My name is Sebastian. I am the host of Star Wars on Direct, and we are all sick this week. Right, Danny? Hello, everybody. This is Danny. I am sick. Very sick. Right, Brian? Hello. I am sick. Okay. So, uh, just realize that uh, we will be saying a lot less today because we are sick. And um, that is just the way it goes. So, uh, uh, give us a little uh, update on what's going on, Danny. Sebastian has a girlfriend. Okay, Brian, it's your turn now. Now, can we talk about how the FCC find us because of Sebastian's potty mouth. And now the favorite part of our show, because we like this Jeff Roney, because his name is almost the name of our former prime minister, of course. He, just, he needs more O's in his name. Now we have more Tatooine TV. And now we bring you Tatooine's little-known stars. And now here's your host... Sydney Down. And now we bring you the often overlooked but very fascinating personalities on Tatooine. Tonight we have one of the most amazing creatures Tatooine has to offer. We will hear his story of near stardom in the Star Wars films and how he fought for obscurity instead of success. Let's now meet our little known star tonight, and here he is. Thank you, Mayor. You are welcome. Introduce yourself to the viewers of our show. Sure, man. To the four of you watching, oh, I mean three, one of you went to sleep. Orale, what's happening? My name is Luciano. For a creature on Tatooine, that does sound like a strange name. What type of animal are you? A, a crate dragon or... No, man. I'm a lizard. Just a lizard, man. Uh, you aren't some strange being from another galaxy, are you? What's the matter with you, man? English or second language or something? I told you once already, man. I'm a lizard. That's it. Just a lizard. Well, you have quite a personality for just a lizard. Why didn't George Lucas ask you to be in one of his Star Wars films? Jorge Lucas? He still calls me to be in Episode 3. I'm a star, man. Listen to these. Is that fresh or what? If I sing any more for you... I'm going to have to charge you, Holmes. You would have been a big star in one of Lucas's films. No way, man. These films would ruin me. Look at Jar Jar. I mean, that guy was a Shakespearean actor, man. And now look. Jorge didn't like the way he talked and got somebody to do his voice. And now everybody hates him. I'm not going out that way, man. No way, Holmes. Not me. If I was in the movie, I'd be talking about pedos. Uh. Jorge wouldn't like that, but I would. Uh. Sorry, Holmes. Oh my, you you are rotten. <laughs> sure, but it's my brand, Holmes. <laughs> yeah, that's me. What have you liked about the Star Wars films? One, Natalie Portman. She is hot. Ay caramba. Oh, then that episode three is the last movie. You don't really like the films, do you? Could we open a window, please? No, man. 
I want to go back to the way life was, man. I was chilling, drinking old blue milk, playing poker with Sabulba, making Jawa strip in the sand. Those were the days, man. Those were the days. Now, every five minutes there's Jorge with his cameras shooting and shooting. It drove me crazy, so I moved to Naboo. I wanted to see those Nabubian fighters, man. It has been an extreme pleasure talking to you, Luciano. Goodbye now. No, no, no. You got it all wrong, Holmes. Come on, brother. Give me an orale. Come on. Oh, orderle. No, try again, gringo. Orale. Orale. You got it, man. You're my homie. Man, this is Sydney. Peace out. That was, I think, the most funniest touching TV I have ever heard. It's really that Jeff Roney is coming in a long way. What do you think, Danny? Is that all that Tatooine TV is about, is farting? Brian. I really like Tatooine TV, honestly. I mean... If we lose audio one more time and I have to explain to the people in the chat room... I'm going to have a problem. We never fart on the air. I went through my couch, and I found $20 worth of quarters in it. Okay, well, that, uh, that about does it for this week on uh, Star Wars on Direct. I almost forgot the name of the show. Uh, we will see you next time when we're feeling better, and uh, uh, have a good week. And uh, goodbye, everybody. Please send us vitamin C. Not the singer, the actual vitamin, please. Goodbye, all you fans. Did you know I found out that Labor Day has nothing to do with birth of babies? Good night and goodbye. Star Wars On Direct, Tatooine TV, mini-episode, episode 2, is a Jeff Roney Designs production. We formally apologize to all the staff of Star Wars On Direct, all the listeners of Star Wars On Direct, Star Wars fans everywhere, every country we may have mentioned, every personality we may have mentioned. We apologize. Not really. See you next time on Star Wars On Direct. At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by team professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Hello, this is Paul Enns, director of Lucas Online. And you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Man, that was great. Man, it's Seriously? Ugh, I just love Tatooine TV. <laughs> <laughs> you just said that they won't do it anymore in a couple of sh- Tatooine TV. Yeah, and Jeff, I promise you, it's like it's been really crazy in my life. I'm I'm on your script. I'll, 
it's 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 out there. It's gonna be sent to you. Wait, I promise. We forgot to record it uh, between <laughs> shows. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him that. <laughs> we'll do it uh, sometime. No, seriously, I'm trying to find a spot in my schedule where I can, like, tape. Like, put it there. Yeah, like, give it to him and everything. So in any case, yeah, that, that was a really nice parody of us. Mm. It's like. I, for one, am deeply insulted because I felt like I was really mad. Like, seriously, I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> and then he said, sorry. So I was like, okay. <laughs> and then he then he took it back. Jeff, watch out. <laughs> watch out. <laughs> In my case, it's like the fact that I'm sounding just like my arch nemesis Triumph the Insult Dog. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear yourself, do you? I do sound like Triumph the Insult Dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> I sound like a Mexican or something. I think maybe when I'm trying <laughs> to say... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so today on the show. <laughs> that was really nice. So, uh, people in the chat, Brian? Yes. We have Dalj, Jans Walker, Matab, Raven, Safarian, Siabi, Tigerclaw, TK924, Wolfdog, and Zeltek. So now, I'm taking down the names of the people that are in the chat. For future use. Yes. And, like, one of these uses is that, uh, thanks to DVD Passion from the Promenade Saint-Bruno here in Quebec... Uh, and Eaton Center. And Fairview. No, the one particularly the one in Saint-Bruno, where, where, <laughs> where I'm working. Uh, we're going to be sending uh, very nice, a very nice set of three stickers that uh, look like... The stickers? cover art of the DVDs. They're promotional stickers, and uh, we're gonna set. Uh, we're gonna send five sets of um, those nice stickers to the five first people who actually send us their address in the uh, in the email studio at swendirect.com. So, if you're interested, they're really nice stickers, about three inches wide, and and all of your information will be kept strictly confidential. Exactly. Promise. And uh, I just want to inform you that uh, we're still having quite a few problems with that power droid thingy sound card. Or gong droid sound card. Seriously, those Jawas really, like, fucked us with this. <laughs> <laughs> 300 bucks, man? Come on. And Again, um, you're going to get the FCC involved. Ah, uh, again. Fuck you. This that time with the CRT. No, we're going to need the FCC and the CRTC. Yeah, okay. In the UN, and we have to play French content. That's it. Anyway, <laughs> hey, we do. Fifty percent of our show is French. <laughs> they can't shoot us for that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And uh, yeah, it's a, the the sound card's still having some uh, ups and downs. So we, we might think we have found the problem. Yes, we're testing it right now. There you go. So if we go off the air, just wait for us. We'll be right back in like yes. within a few minutes. But next is uh, the upcoming hyperspace segment, and uh, I'll be doing that. Apparently sounding like Triumph the Insult Dog. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try to keep it to 10 minutes. Okay. Is that gonna, I think it's going to be all right. Okay. We can stretch it. How does hyperspace work? What I is hyperspace, man? Hyperspace is this like very bad service that StarWars.com put online, and they made us pay for it, and now we're <laughs> all paying for it, and we don't know why, but we're still doing so. So whatever, they're keeping it up there, and they're giving us images and everything, which is basically what we're paying them for. So the hyperspace segment on Star Wars on Direct is basically about that service, but and, uh, we don't make you pay for it. And other, other spoilers that we happen to collect. And all of the other spoilers that we hear about. And uh, it's mainly updates from all, all the spoilers 
in the Star Wars universe. Basically, what we ask you is not to discuss any spoilers in the main chat room of Star Wars on Direct. If you want to discuss any spoilers, you can go to my room one. Or if you want to discuss any spoilers anywhere else on the internet, we ask you to do so in the proper forums and uh, not to do so in the unspoiled forums because it's very sad for those people who don't like don't like spoilers to learn about the movie and get their experience ruined. Uh, of course, uh, we'll be uh, starting this 10-minute uh, count as soon as the intro for Star Wa- for the, the Star Wars hyperspace Star Wars Direct hyperspace segment begins, and from that point on, you can turn down the volume and turn it up 10 minutes from there. We'll see. Uh, <sighs> indicating you that in the chat room. In the chat room. Who's doing it? Do it. Do it. You can do it. Do it. Prepare to jump into hyperspace on my mark. All right, stand by. So let's begin with the first things first. Of course, there were a lot of uh, new images that came out in the past uh, months or so. And I've been away. Uh, we had five null visions, five before the helmet, four, f- five art of the revenge, and four set snaps, which are sets of actually three pictures. So twelve pictures from the sets. So let's start with the null visions. Uh, there are three sixty degrees, uh, very nice quick time VR uh, technology pictures that allows you to. Uh, just like hang around the Senate main hallway, for instance, the Republic Cruise hangar, hangar, Stage 2, which was a conference room, the Fox Studios, and the Stage 7, which was a control room. So these are the five latest Null Visions, uh, pictures taken by John Null himself, as he was working the set of Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Then uh, the five before the spoiler? No. Okay. The, ti- <laughs> the title? No. Then the uh, the before the helmet uh, picture that came out, there were the mechanical infestation uh, a month ago about, uh, which was uh, basically you c- you can see if you look very closely to uh, like past the cockpit of the the starfighter, mm-hmm. you can see another starfighter covered with little buzz droids. Oh, so this is really 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 scary. It's uh, it's it doesn't it look it good. It, it, it's like a scene in the NGO series. Uh, yeah, in the, in the, uh, uh, in the first in Vector one. Prime, yeah, yeah. The the Yuuzhan Vong were sending Buzz something and they chew up the the fighters. Gretchen's, that's it. And uh, you have the other one that was charged, which which is basically a bunch of enraged, rav- let's call them rabid Wookies, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you don't want to be in their way. Wookie stampede. Hmm. Of course, the other one was damaged copy. Uh, nice, very nice picture of Tim with Morrison with uh, half his face burnt. Uh, simply a damaged copy. Or injured. Or yeah. yeah. It was makeup, so it's, yeah. not, it's, it's okay. He's going to survive. Business's hands. Uh, as you can see, there's a Wookiee who's not happy enough. Probably going to kill someone with that big gun of his. And Django's legacy standing by is the latest one. And you can see uh, one of the clones into a Starfighter with a very nice helmet that looks a lot like the ones of the TIE Fighter, so... The Tie Fighter pilots. Mm-hmm. So, can't wait to see a costume with that uh, that that pilot uh, thingy. Mm-hmm. That's Star Wars Celebration Three. A lot of people are going to be spoiled, and it's going to be like very sad. Heart of the Revenge picture. High culture from the depth. A nice uh, dancer from uh, an Aqualish dancer. Juggernaut unleashed. Just when you thought it was safe, local help and what's the buzz? Art of the Revenge. They're all uh, pictures. Well, they're drawings mainly of the. Um, Art 
for Revenge of the Sith, the concept art for Revenge of the Sith. And the four sets maps, I'm not going to go into uh, much details, but they're basically uh, not much spoiling, so it wasn't too much stuff. But it's always nice to see how things work out behind the scenes there at uh, LFL and in, in the studios and at ILM as well. One of the interesting pieces of news that came around our heroes was Ain't It Cool News? Very funny one, actually. John Riz Davis as Grievous. Gimli to voice Grievous. Uh, Treebeer. Treebeer, yeah. No, he did, but what do you think? You think he's going to make a good voice for Grievous? Yeah. Yeah, he, he got a he deep voice. Anyway, it will be modified by yeah. computer, so... Yeah. The other nice uh, piece that uh, came from John Berg of ILM uh, during a chat was that the, ca- the invasion of Kashyyyk will be actually inspired from D-Day, the invasion from D-Day. That's going to be cool. cool. A lot of Wookiee will die. I, <laughs> hope, I hope it's really bloody. <laughs> bloody I don't Wookie. think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I hope it will be 13, uh, PG-13, but, you know. Hey, then they Let's can touch say fuck Let's touch somewhat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what can the fuck is that droid on my wings? Hey, they can say one. They can say one. There you go. Like in Zach Braff's post. Hey, Mom, I understand the first fuck, but it's the second one that I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That gets you an R. Yeah. Um, R4P17 is the first droid you'll see uh, hanging with uh, Hobie-Wan. Of course, uh, Hobi-Wan's not good with droids because all his astromechs get uh, destroyed by Anakin. Well, most of them anyway. RP-17 is going to be decapitated by those buzz droids coming from the uh, separatist ships. And uh, R4-G9 will be taking his place. For those wondering who R4-G9 is, he's the one, the bronze dome, that the uh, hyperspace member actually got to uh, vote on, vote for yeah. a couple months ago. And uh, John Williams has, uh, has starting working on the score for Star Wars Episode 3. Two weeks ago, after ILM, uh, after the weekly ILM meeting, uh, there was a fairly good part of the movie that was ready, so George said, John, here's the previous part of the movie. You can start working on the music now. Maybe it will help the guys to like keep on doing the special effects and make them do something good. Motivation. Motivation, that's it. And uh, on Invicta Radio in England... Uh, what time is it? Oh, there you go. On Invicta Radio in England, Anthony Daniel mentioned that the last time you'll ever see C-3PO will be in the corridor of the 10-T-4, which is basically la- the first time you see him in A New Hope. So it goes for a circle. There you go. And, uh, of course, the 10th uh, web documentary of uh, Star Wars Episode 3 has been released. Finally! Which one is it called? I have no remem- uh, memory I of it. I don't remember I don't the name. It probably has a title, but I don't remember. Let go me get it. Let me you keep going, Sebastian. I'll go get it. Okay. Basically, the main uh, main stuff that was actually told in that very nice uh, web documentary is that Mustafar and Utapo are going to be planets of Episode 3. Where do we saw that? If you take a good look and you just like take your quick time and use your arrow keys and just like go frame by frame, you can actually read all the papers that stroll through this very quickly pace when the screen is separated in four, and you can very easily read uh, Mustafar scene, Utapo scene, and stuff like that. You can also see it in the uh, Star Wars, the leaked uh, lists from Toys R Us. Yes. You can Mustafar. see Mustafar. Mustafar has been, uh, has been leaked. Uh, there's also... Um, there, there's one very, very interesting uh, piece of information that 
comes from another production sheet, which is which is where it's written, uh, Chancellor and Mace fighting in front of a blue screen. So, the last one is called Pickups and Reshoots. That's the last web doc. There you go. Yeah. Speaking of reshoots, we might actually be uh, seeing some more reshoots in January because there are some scenes that are still lacking a few shots, a few things and thingies over well, there. Details. So, last time, well, in for episode two, they did reshoots in April. That's yeah. it. Just to give you an idea. <laughs> and it, the movie's coming out in May. <laughs> no reshoots. Some people think are bad. But, I don't know, I think they're good in this case. Yeah. Most of the time they're good. The um, the folks at ILM are working on the uh, the trailer, and I'll, I'll come back to that later. But uh, right now I want to tell you where they're at in the production. The uh, number of scenes they have to work on is up to 2,300. The number of scenes finished and approved is up to 841. Uh number of scenes that were finished but cut from the, the, the final uh, cut of the movie are up to 74 now. Wow, that's a lot. That's pretty high. I, I want to see those. It's like, cut them but put them on the net. I don't know. Don't throw them. Don't, don't throw them away. Well, well, they can put it on hyperspace after the movie's released. There you mm-hmm. go. Uh, number of scenes that are uh, that have to be done every week is 56. Number of scenes to work w- uh, number of weeks to work is up to is only down to 26 <laughs> now. It's really going fast. And the number of uh, shots to actually finish is up to 1,459. That's scary. Halfway. Halfway there. So the trailer, uh, the Force.net actually put their hands, conveniently enough, on a uh, nice description of the upcoming trailer for Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith. And uh, here goes the, the, the description. The first half of the trailer consists of a familiar voiceover with Alec Guinness. Fans will love to hear him speak his monologue to Luke from A New Hope. Jedi Knights have always been the guardian of, sp- of, sp- of peace. As we hear these familiar phrases, they've intercut shot from various Star Wars episodes, ex- excluding Episode 3. Only when the monologue ends with Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force about 40 seconds into the trailer do we see the face of Anakin. He's partly covered with dark, with, with dark hood, looking positively evil. This is followed by the shot of erupting volcanoes, then some shot of volcanic field with crab-like creatures and then darkness, all accompanied by Vader breathing. Then, following, then the following is heard. Lord Vader. Yes. Rise. Then we see Anakin in full Vader gear rising on some, of, uh, on some sort of operati- operating table to which he's chained. The rising and slow and intercut which had a various Star Wars main characters. When the table is fully risen, so that Vader is basically standing upright, the meatiest part of the trailer begins. With many, many shots from Episode 3, most of them are very, very short. This will be something for a freeze-frame fanatic to analyze. Yes! <laughs> Sebastian. Sebastian, yeah. The ones that stuck in my memory. Dozens of Wookiees on some sort of uh, floating platform. Padme with signature, signature Leah Erdu. Uh, the Tri-Fighter Leia Leia Herdu. The Tri-Fighter is known as the precursor of the, t- of the TIE Fighter With three curving winds, wings and guns Mounted between each wing They shoot red lasers It's like the, the TIE Defender There you it's go Like the TIE Defender The Arc Clone Fighter As known as the precursor to X-Wing With three wings on each side A gigantic starship being sprayed by streams Of something that looks like dense acid The trailer hands with the title The Saga is Complete May 2005 And... 
little end spoil. So it's about a hundred seconds long, and uh, there is there's been a an little update. bit less than two minutes. Yeah, there's been a reply. There's been actually an update to that, and uh, the reply to Palpatine is wouldn't be just yes, but yes, Master. And Palpatine says, "Rise." <laughs> that sounds wrong. I don't know. It's too much like Frankenstein or something. <laughs> it's alive. <laughs> I'm making a lot. <laughs> not, not like Frankenstein. <laughs> okay. Like something else. Well, there we go. That's about it. That's it for the uh, hyperspace segment. Uh, that's way too long. <laughs> <laughs> you should, you should have been there this morning. <laughs> Master Fisto, trust your insight. We do. Welcome to my new segment. Now, <laughs> that's all I have to say. <laughs> so, first in comics, the hyperspace members will start receiving, or have start receiving, um, daily comic strips. There There's will be four there are there. four. Don't steal my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> There's reversal of fortune, a hunter's fate, bounty hunters of Ordmanel. Gambler's World. So, there are four. Um, there, diff- the first, the exclusive one is Reversal of Fortune, takes place during the Clone Wars. The others are reprints. So, Hunter's Fate is Greedo. Um, it's a Greedo one co- strip from 1995. Tales from Most Icely Cantina Anthology. That's the death story. Um, Bounty Hunters of Ornamental was originally published in February 1981, um, and it's part of the classic Star Wars series from Dark Horse. Um, Gambler's World, it was from, it's part of the uh, Marvel era. It takes place, uh, it was first published in uh, 1979, and it's also part of Dark Horse classic Star Wars, The Early Adventures. Number one through three in 1994, um, and also on if you go to the w- official site, you can see a preview for Star Wars Tales number 21. Yes. It doesn't include the one, the new Jedi Order one by Nathan. Yes. Anyway, the post NJO series authors have been announced. Oh, I didn't catch yes, that. Yes, they have. Um, on the official site, Karen Travis has been. Author of the upcoming Republic Commando tie-in hard co- novel Hard Contact has is there been hardcover. Uh, hard Contact is the name of the book. Okay. No, I, I don't know if it's a hardcover or, so, or a paperback. Mm-hmm. Um, has been signed as the final author of the upcoming nine series book series set ten years after the Unifying Force. That's a long time that goes by. Kind of so scary. Ben Skywalker will be ten. Yeah. It's a long time. Young. You will be kidnapped, probably, or something. Hey! <laughs> I don't think so. I, God, I hope not. <laughs> God, I hope not. And as long as he's not a genius, yeah. we're all fine. Okay. So. Um, the the first couple of people, the I think the order will be... It'll be um, 
Aaron Alston for the hardcover, then it's Travis for the paperback, Denning for paperback, Alston, paperback, Travis, hardcover, Denning, paperback, Alston, paperback, Travis, paperback, Denning, hardcover. That's the order. Uh, each author uh, will do a hardcover? And a few, and, pa- a few and two paperbacks. Okay. So, the listing... Um, if you go into Galactic Hunter, you will see a uh, list of Episode 3 toys that will be available when it comes out. I will not name all of them, but they include um, scenes from New Planets. Um, different, uh, of course, there's going to be the basic figures. What's interesting is that there are going to be new um, plush toys. The new buddies. Oh, the new beanies. The new beanies. So I, I like those. Those yeah. are cool. I have Chewbacca sitting over my desk. I have some in my li- in my bookshelves. My uh, library. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bookshelves. Okay. Um. Also, in Celebration Three news. Oh. The celebrate admission to Celebration Three. If you purchase now, if you pre-register. It is $95 for four days. And if you purchase there, it's 110 I think. Um, you can go register now, get your hotel room, get everything set up. And they don't, shi- they don't ship to Canada. Now, that is part of what I'm going to be talking about. Okay. Hyperspace members get a special Vader Tops if they pre-order. And they pay 295 for yeah. shipping. Um it's not of it. It's only. It's a U.S. only exclusive. So fuck you. Um, <laughs> the reason why you are not getting your pass, Danny. And I know you've Sebastian, and Sebastian, <laughs> and I. Why and I, I haven't bought mine yet. And every Canadian fan. And every Canadian fan is that this is from Gencon and Lucasfilm. There. This is their official statement. There are actually many reasons for not shipping outside the U.S. We ran across this problem with our other conventions and wanted to streamline it so everyone in getting was getting their purchased products. Not really. Um, the first reason is timing. We don't ship until after the pre-registration period is over, and this only gives us the items five weeks to be packaged, sorted, and shipped. We do not. We do the fulfillment in-house, and only half, and only the staff of nine and some temps takes us some time to assemble the, all the packets. The time. The next uh, reason is cost. In order to send out all the U.S to all the U.S., we would only have not only create all the packets, but sort them to where they were being shipped to. Once they were sorted, we would have to pay the extra extra varying amounts to send them. Now, I'm sorry, would you mind paying for shipping? Nope. Would you mind paying for shipping? No. I did it I for episode two, and I did it for all my stuff from StarWars.com. I did not think Plus so. Plus other stuff that we'll discuss at a later show. Exactly. Yeah. The final reason is that there are some custom issues in some countries. Uh, I don't think Canada is a problem. We have some packets held since they weren't just letter-type mail. Um, we made this decision to hold them at will call so those coming in from other countries wouldn't have to worry about these things. We want to make them this as seamless as possible for all. We also open will call a day before the convention starts so you won't be missing out on anything. As an added note, the current schedule hours for will call on are on Wednesday, April 20th from 2pm to 8pm. Folks should check out StarWars.com and StarWarsCelebration.com for any scheduling updates before the show. At least it's open at, at least before. yeah, at least there's that. But if you show up after eight you're screwed. You're screwed. You better be getting 
that early on, huh, guys. Oh yeah, there's gonna be a line <laughs> for sure. Okay, since I've become Star Wars miniatures obsessed, I would think I would <laughs> share with everyone the uh, Clone Wars expansion. The characters we've had confirmed: the Aerial Clone Trooper Captain. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is very cool, and it's in, in Battlefront. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Martin and I were uh, drooling over it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's Captain Typho. Um, we've seen the figure, like we've seen the Arrow ca- Clone uh, Trooper Captain. Uh, Captain Typho, we've seen. Mace Window is confirmed because he's on the booster art, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen the figure itself yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the Naboo Soldier, we have seen. Um, Yoda is confirmed. I hope uh, so. It's yes. not in the classic. It's not in the classic. Um, dwarf spider droid we've seen uh, Genosian on Pic- uh, Picador on Ore mm-hmm. is confirmed Django Fett is on the cover art um, for the starter or the okay. the what's the uh, there's tester there's a book coming out also it, yes I'll get okay. to that okay. don't worry I thought it was the cover art of that oh uh, no 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 this of the box yeah, of, the this of the starter box for the clone campaigns okay. um, Django and Obi-Wan fighting on Kaminos the base what's they're using now was mm-hmm. you know a tester the Rodian mercenary which is fringe will be able to use on both with the new and the present one Rebel Storm and the became mercenary which I assume the same thing so those are the confirmed ones there are a lot of speculative ones if you go on the internet if you look around also the in November Wizards is releasing the Ultimate Missions book Rebel Storm it's going to be a hardcover book um I've seen the preview. It's amazing. It's like most of the RPG books. It's it's great. Yeah. It tells you h- what figures to use, a bunch of cool Strategies new rules. You get new maps and tiles. It's going to be great. I I you can go to the uh, Wizards, um, then you go into Star Wars, Star Wars Minis, and you can download the preview. Okay. Uh, it's already on page thirty-three. I looked at the page number, page thirty-three. So you're at least getting two pages, two pages. I'd say at least you got. At least 15 missions so far. Well, it's probably a 60-page book. Yeah. Something, yeah. So that's that's a good amount of... <laughs> very happy with that. Also, so... New... Kind of new information about the TV series. Yeah. Um, after episode 3... He w- George Lucas asked this question. Um, after episode 3, will you ever revisit Star Wars? We all know what this answer is. Yeah. No. But his answer is interesting. Ultimately, I'm going to probably move it to television and let other people take it. I'm sort of preserving the feature film part of what has happened and never go there again. But I can go off into various offshoots and things. You know, I've got a f- offshoot novels. I've got offshoot comics. So it's easy to say, well, okay, that's that genre. And I'll, and I'll find a relatively talented person to take it and create it. Just like the comic books and novels are somebody else's way of doing it. I don't mind that. Some people might turn it out. Some of that. Some of it might turn out pretty good. If I get it right, people involved, it could be interesting. Now, one of the rumored people is Kevin Smith. Yeah. Now this is like a lot of fanboys' wet dream, <laughs> including <Yes>. me. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to the website to try to get because he posted something. On yes, the he did. And if you click on the news, the link goes back on the main page. You cannot read the news anymore. Nope. That means it's real. <laughs> so people, it's a, it's a rule of thumb. If you ever like, it goes for pretty much anything. If you see an advanced rumor, 
and it's shut down or something. A- and if it's gone, it's probably true. That's like the whole teaser posters that have been circulating mm-hmm. about episode three. Yeah. I won't describe them or anything because some people aren't with spoiler. But if they're gone, it's because they're real. Mm-hmm. If they're still there, no, they're not real. Sorry, guys. <laughs> anyway, that's it for miscellaneous news. Hey, we're gonna move. George right Lucas. Along. George Lucas is gonna have like an AFI award. Did you mention but that? Yeah. Danny told me to cut it down, man. <laughs> But that's that's what George Lucas said. That's what George said. So move it to television. Yeah. So it's pr- it's con- it's been confirmed. It's been confirmed since yeah. like August, but nobody's clued in on. It. Oh yeah, there's rumors. Well, fuck yeah. the, the people from Lucasfilm said so. Yeah. And, and, and then the, then they went then Fox and Luke and uh, Lucasfilm went ahead and said it, but nobody said. Just, oh, it was just a craft conference. They mentioned it. It's well, guys, it's official. We're just waiting for the official site. Yeah, well, they've said it yeah. once more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always waiting for them. <laughs> Nothing new there. Okay, next. And my PC is totally freaked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my Mac's still working. <laughs> All right, this is great. So, welcome to the community update, uh, people. I'm gonna go back to the page where I was before I totally freaked. And I'm gonna tell you, there's there's not many uh, conventions coming up. Uh, there's the Mighty Minicon in Syracuse, New York, which. I don't know. Want to make a trip out there? It's October twenty third and twenty fourth. It's next weekend. Where? Uh, in Syracuse. No. Syracuse. Syracuse. Syracuse yeah. Away. It's about like eight hours drive or something like that. Jeremy Bollock's gonna be there. Sean Crawford, who was who played Yakface, and Tim Dry, who played Whippet. Uh, location is yet to be announced. In Syracuse. Wow. <laughs> 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 That's it. Uh, Saturday will be open from ten a.m. to six p.m. Sunday from ten a.m. to five p.m. Admission for adults is $7. Orca members, $6 with ID. Uh, seven, uh, $3 for children. Children 7 and under are free with paid adult admission. For more information, you can go visit the www.mightyminicon.com. The Sci-Fi Game and Film Convention in Solentuna, Sweden. Is that like place where they sell tuna? Yes. Okay. What are you talking about? <laughs> we'll be happening on October 30th and 31st. Star Wars guest is David Prowse, who played Darth Vader. Location will be Solentuna Expo Center, Malmvagen 2, Solentuna, Sweden. Hours are from Saturday 10.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. and Sunday 10.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Admission, adults 80 sec per day and children 80 sec per day. Wow. More information, you can visit their website, www.propworld.nu or just propworld. Dot NU. Um, Sebastian? Yeah? Your shirt isn't Chicken of the Sea? Chicken of the Sea. That's it. Is it chicken or fish? I don't know. You don't watch the newlyweds? <laughs> Sorry. That's it. Okay. Loser. If you want to have fun, go. You, you can always go to www.chickenorfish.com. And that's a pretty funny website. It is. I've never been It's there. a very nice website. One of my friends worked on the commercial for uh, the... The new ice, the ice mints that she does. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's cool. 
Whatever. So that's all for the Star Wars conventions and upcoming events. I mean, hey, uh, what about concept? Uh, concept and uh, no. We can talk about concept now, but it's coming up in November. Yeah, so we're we we all have another show before. We don't have another show. Before. We have. Well, we do. We do have another. Yeah. We do have another show. We have a Halloween. We have a cool. Yeah, we're gonna have the Star Wars on direct Halloween special. Oh. With tales okay. of horror. <laughs> 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 it's like. Oh, um, that was an unscheduled. <laughs> uh, guys, if you want to buy cheap ice cream in Montreal next weekend, next Saturday, Dairy Queen's half price. My Dairy Queen in oh, Westmount. Oh, plug, plug, plug! I've been doing it all day. Sorry, I couldn't <laughs> resist. <laughs> well, right now, if you go to the Vide Passion and you buy oh. three <laughs> at a regular price, you'll get thirty percent discount. So it's pretty cool Damn. as well. I have to find a sponsor. <laughs> I told you to send them <laughs> the papers to them. <laughs> okay. Well. And uh, yeah, that's it. Now we're going to be listening to Pure Morning and Placebo, and we'll be right back on Star Wars on Direct.
At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Hi, this is Steve Sansweet, and you are listening to Star Wars on the Left. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Uh, this is Rum Taze, and we're about to start a very, very special interview with none other than Jay Thompson, the director slash producer of documentary Heart of an Empire, The Life and Times of the Fighting 501st. And uh, we're joined here today with uh, Jay on the phone. Hi, Jay. How you doing? Pretty well yourself. Fantastic. Sebastian Bryan, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Hey, no it's problem. our pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show and discussing this uh, very nice project of yours. Uh, but first, let's begin. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your careers, your hobbies? Well, let's see. And I live in uh, North Carolina, uh, United States. And uh, to be honest with you, my hobbies for like the last three years has been this documentary. Um, it has taken and consumed every aspect of my free time. Um, there's not really much, you know, as, as far as uh, hobbies, uh, time left to, to do them. Uh, you know, it's funny. Um, I like to say that I'm a film director that actually, you know, manages a uh, help desk to kind of make ends meet. But I think it's the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, what was your first contact ever with Star Wars? Uh, what do you remember of that experience? Uh, you know, it was probably, I think I may have been three years old. Um, Mom took me to see it at a theater locally. And I, I just remember that uh, those images stayed with me uh, through much of my childhood. And it made a you know, pretty big impact. I think like a lot of people who got interested in doing film and, and TV and, and various other things, I think Star Wars had an indelible impact on them. Um, I remember that uh, most of my childhood had it revolved around Star Wars. That's true. Very, very true. I mean, I'm glad to see I'm not the only one who remembers seeing Star Wars at 3. <laughs> <laughs> it was Return of the Jedi for you. Yeah, so. for me it was Return of the Jedi, <laughs> but still. I'm an old guy, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're doing a documentary on the 501st called Art of an Empire, The Life and Times of the Fighting 501st. Are you yourself an actual member of the Fighting 501st? You know, I, I was a member of the 501st, and actually that kind of goes into how I got started in this whole thing. If you want me to, I can go ahead and, and let you guys know how I, what, you know, Please do. me to do this. Please do. All right, no problem. Um, you know, I, I've obviously been a huge fan of, like, film in general, and this led me to collecting props and prop replicas and things like that. And one of the things I always wanted was a uh, stormtrooper 
do with Star Wars. Because, you know, they're so cool. I mean, they were the guys you saw on the screen right off the bat in the beginning of Star Wars. And I remember as a kid growing up, that was always the coolest. I, I looked at that as the pinnacle of having a prop would be a, a Stormtrooper suit. Well, I found out how to obtain one. And uh, when I got it, I was turned on to a guy named Alvin Johnson out of South Carolina, which isn't too far from me. Um, he actually uh, had a small group together and who had a, a lot of these suits. I think there was about 12 or 13 of them at the time. It wasn't too many. It was an organized group like it is now. Um, I, actually, I think you interviewed him recently on one of your shows. Yes, we did. Yeah, great guy. Um, I, I looked at this like, okay, this is kind of like a car collector society, you know, something that... I can uh, talk to people about it, you know, making the suits more accurate, displaying them, care, you know, the basics whenever you own something you really care about. And it actually, you know, Alvin and I became pretty fast friends um, uh, from that experience. Um, but, it, you know, it really wasn't long until I noticed that the group was really growing fast. And uh, the website, the little makeshift website that he had thrown up there, uh, showed pictures from Canada, all over the U.S., of people going out and doing things like theater events, charity events, things like that. And um, I thought it was a pretty cool idea, you know. So I thought I would do something myself. I actually had worn the suit maybe four times uh, in my life. Uh, one of them was for a 19... No, you're going to kill me if I'm wrong on this. I think one was released in 1999. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> good. All right. <laughs> um, and, uh, that was a good answer. <laughs> Coordinated with a, a local JC group, and what, if you guys may not know what that is, the JCs are a nationwide volunteer group that do a lot of local community charities and things like that. Um, some, one, some of my friends, one had a Vader, one had a Boba Fett, one had, uh, I think, a Tuscan Raider and a few troopers. If I wanted to do a, a fundraiser at a local theater with the JCs for a children's burn center that's local to us, um, we raised, I think, a few thousand dollars for that. But, you know, like I said, it's uh, the limit of my involvement was that one charity event that I kind of coordinated, and a couple of costume contests at uh, local conventions. But really, you know, it just kind of stayed on the mannequin for a long time. Um, so as time passed, I'll get this short for you guys. No problem. <laughs> I, uh, I kept coming back to this notion of wanting to make my own film, you know, something I've always been interested in. And I really, really enjoyed documentary film. And that's not the most commercially viable, you know, of, of mediums. But it's something that... I was passionate about, like, you know, I like how a documentary, a well-done documentary, can open a window into a world, you, you know, you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. um, I thought, well, okay, so I'm going to sell every prop I have. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, you know, all the way, you know, guns blazing. I'm going to mm -hmm. go out there, make a film, take every bit of, every penny I have, every, you know, and just do it. So I sold all my props, and one of them was my beloved Stormtrooper suit. Mm -hmm. Um but what I did was I wanted to tell Alvin, you know, personally, like, look, I'm not pulling out of this for any reason other than I just want to make this movie. So as fate would have it, he ended up at a convention kind of near my house. So I, you know, went down there, met with him, talked with him, and um, basically said, you know, hey, look, man, I'm pulling out of this thing. I'm selling my suit. So obviously I think one of the prerequisites is you have to have a suit to be in the 501st. Um I decided, uh, you know, hey, I'm doing this documentary. And being the guy he is, he offered up a lot of encouragement and basically said that we needed to party the night away to celebrate that. So uh, <laughs> we ended up going floor to floor, party to party. And at some point in my blur, I, you know, I remember thinking to myself, this is a side that nobody sees of these cats. You know, you have what the media portrays, and you have the stereotypes. 
but you you never have you, you never see this side. You know, the, the media may portray them in a certain way. They exploit them in a way. The um, the stereotypes. You guys all know what the stereotypes is of Star Wars fans in general. Not to mention people who dress up in uh-huh. costumes. <laughs> but then there's the truth, which is really somewhere in the middle. And um, I thought, you know what, this will be the documentary. So at the end of the night, I said, Alvin, this will be the uh, this will be the documentary. I'm going to, with your permission, I want to travel around and and film this group. That's cool. Um, you know. So anyway, my next step was call Lucasfilm and say, Hey guys, uh, <laughs> <laughs> can I do this? <laughs> yeah. I basically, uh, you know, called them up to tell them of my intentions and you know, kind of beg for permission. And uh, <laughs> after much back and forth, they finally said, Well, you know, there's no precedent for this, so we'll play it by ear. And, uh, you know, be honest with you, they've been uh, really good to work with and even helped me out a few times when I needed it. Um, you know, there's there's a certain line I can't cross, and uh, I think that's fine. Um, that's how it got started. Uh, and, uh, God, how many states and countries later, here I am, <laughs> trying to put this thing together and make some sense of it. Nice. Very interesting story, uh, Jack. Uh, but all over that... After all those travel, after all those shooting, what's your general impression of the 501st? You know, I think they are some of the most dedicated people that I've ever met. Um, it's, uh, I, I really, and, and especially in doing this, have taken myself out of the mentality of even being a fan. Um, it's, I wanted to be as objective as possible and capture this from all sides and all angles. And... These guys are so dedicated. I mean, you don't find too many people that will be willing to, you know, put on this this pinching, planking, you know, pieces of plastic, sweat, sweat, and sweat all day long under a helmet to make a kid happy or mm-hmm. to raise money for charity and smile and grin through it all and uh, no complaints. I mean, so I think for the most part they're very, very dedicated people, and they're also professional. I mean, most of these You know, okay, let's be honest. To put this kind of stuff together, suits and guns or, or replicas or whatever, mm-hmm. it costs a lot of money. And these people have to be professionals to make that kind of money to make that work. Mm-hmm. You know, so this, 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 uh, it's established rumor that, that most of these guys are living in their basements with their parents, you know, in their parents' houses, just not necessarily the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do have that element. I mean, let's be honest, all groups do. I think if you go out to a motorcycle club, you're going to find one or two of the guys who still live at home. Mm-hmm. You're going to find one of the two of the guys that still, you know, or take it to the obsessive, you know. But it, most of them are really good people, and uh, it's very, very professional. Nice, cool. Okay. And uh, you basically told us a story and answered the next question I was going to ask you. What's the idea behind the documentary? But I can expand on that a little bit if you want. Yeah, I'd like to because you know it, it was still like a vague answer. So go sure. deeper. It's like you woke up one morning and like I'm doing a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I regret that day <laughs> for three years. I regret. I've, I've been working on this thing now for around three years. Wow. Um, I, It's I surprising. It started off being okay. I'm going to go cover a couple of states and I'll just write the people or email them and say. Hey, can you guys send me some footage from your garrison? I'll put together a little documentary. Well, as it began to get, you know, gather momentum, people started like hearing about it on the internet and started writing me. And soon I was on planes flying out to, you know, California or to, to you know, Alabama or you name it, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm flying out there to get some footage. And as it went on, it became more of a personal story. 
about certain people I would find and meet and interview and talk to and follow them on their jobs and other things like that to kind of get an idea of who are these people. Because I, the way I look at it, this documentary is really not for the fans. This is for somebody like like myself who watch a documentary and say, I wonder what that world's like. I'll watch a documentary. I'll get a window into it. And what I'm looking at doing is is making this documentary, setting it up like you're an average Joe on the street. You've never heard of the 501st before. You don't know what that is. You don't know Star Trek from Star Wars. So you're going to go into this thing. It's going to be introduced to you in a way you'll be familiar with. And then as you go through, you'll begin to get an overview of who they are and then details about the people and their lives and and how they affect their communities and the impact that the Star Wars has on their lives and, and the, the 501st group in general. So anyway, back to your, your real question here. Um, <laughs> it was, gosh, I don't remember at what point it was. I realized this was going to be a lot bigger than I thought it was. This is like, you know, my first independent project. Um, and I, I knew that, uh, I think the actors, I think what it really started was it was a convention in town or a show, a toy show in town. That's what it was. And uh, one of my friends called me up who was running the show and said, hey, you know, we have all these Star Wars actors in there. You want to interview them? I'm like, hey, yeah, why not? So uh, as part of the contract they signed, he added a little bit saying you will do an interview for this documentary. And um, I went down there. I called a, a great friend of mine, uh, Dave Finlayson, who actually – as, as the course of the production went on, ended up becoming the assistant director. I mm-hmm. uh, said, you know, he, he worked at a CBS affiliate. Let me get off track a little bit. He worked at a CBS affiliate in South Carolina. And um, he had the professional light kit, and he could be my cameraman. I knew he knew how to shoot mm-hmm. uh, interviews. So he came up and brought his light kit because, you know, let's be honest, my Home Depot thrown-together light was not going to do it for these things. <laughs> um, you know, he came up and shot the interview. And, or the multiple interviews, and, uh, and that's when I realized, okay, well, we got some actors on board. Let's see how far we can go. So I've, I've contacted other actors and other people involved with the production, and it, it just began to get bigger than I could handle. I mean, I, I had no idea that this documentary, which I thought would be a very small documentary with, with footage I got from other people, you know, I never knew it would get so big. But I can't remember the day it happened, but one day I realized that, wow, I've really got to see this thing all the way through because... I just can't leave it hanging. You know, I've got to go to the other states. I've got to go overseas. I got to do this other stuff to get this thing on, you know, on film. So I, I guess that kind of answers your question. It's yeah. It's not as simple as a yes or no or black and white thing. Mm-hmm. It's cool. re- it's really something you have to think through. It really is. It really is. So, you've told us that you've traveled. You, you've traveled around the world quite a few times, and uh, you've been to you. You've been all around the place in the U.S. You've been to Europe. Uh, can you like go more, go deeper into the places you've been to? Oh my goodness! Let's start in the U.S. and we'll segue to Europe. How about okay? That? All right. Let me tell you a really funny story. Um, and this kind of I think says something about the character of many of the people in the 501st. I got to give a shout out to the Southern Outpost. Um, we, we, Dave and I uh, had to do this. There was a football game going on, uh, some kind of arena football game they have. And their members, uh, their group, their 501st group out there called the Southern Outpost, had actually been um, invited quite a few times to come out there, work the crowd, you know, be on the field during halftime shows, and kind of do the, you know, just an extra little thing for people to have. And I thought, well, this is interesting. We have sports fans, you know, in, in America, football, like American football is mm-hmm. huge. And um, you have football with Star Wars. That, to me, didn't mix. And I was very curious how they would <laughs> it off. So I went down there on a little puddle jumper, and 
that that ride was a, a joke in itself. And we get off the plane. Puddle jumpers. And one of the guys picks us up, and uh, we're traveling down the interstate, and I see a spire on the on the horizon. As we get closer to it, I realize this is a Saturn V rocket. And I didn't realize, but the Space and Rocket Center is in Huntsville, Huntsville Alabama. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow. So that rocket pretty much um, uh, defines Huntsville because you see it from almost everywhere you are. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, guys, when we're coming back, I want to be able to uh, jump out of the car and uh, shoot this from the interstate because, let's be honest, okay, this is truly independent documentary filmmaking, and that means guerrilla tactics have to be employed. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like recently in Las Vegas, we drove up to the Las Vegas sign. Guy drives up on the median. I'm hanging out the window filming this sign before the cops show up. <laughs> off, you know. But uh, we're doing this. And, um, and he says, well, okay, no problem. We'll, we'll think about that. So we go. We do our shoot. We, um, and let me tell you, those guys had their act together. They had everything, everything ready. And so towards the end of the night, the guy said, you said you wanted to take a picture of a rocket, right? I said, yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. He goes, well, we got it all set up for you. Um, if you can be there at 8 a.m., what time does your flight leave? I said, uh, I think noon. He goes, well, be there at 8, and the, the public relations director will be there to meet you, and he's going to give you a private tour of the facility. I'm like, what? Nice. Cool. <laughs> hey, <laughs> all I wanted was some footage of the rocket, but, you know, that's the kind of kind of thing I'm running across when I go down and I visit some of these people in some of these garrisons, you know? And it's, it's little things like this. It's taking me to places I would have never, never dreamed when we originally started this thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm walking around these giant rockets and the space shuttle thing, and, and I'm filming some footage, you know, to get some B-roll, basically, for it. But I also ran to a guy who, you know, apparently the 501st did a show there. They have a big IMAX theater there. Mm-hmm. And they had, I think, the episode two release on IMAX. Yes. They showed up in armor to do that. And so I asked the guy, can I do a quick interview with you? And you tell me your impressions of these guys. And so I managed to get a new interview out of this whole thing. So not only going down there when I thought I was just getting a football game, but I got an interview with the guy. I got a private tour of this facility, which was incredible. They have space camp there and everything. <laughs> and it was just unbelievable. So I see things like this all over the U.S. So um, I'm just wondering how the football fans reacted to Star Wars costume on the field. <laughs> you know what? Let me, let, me, let me put it this way. I figured one of the things I wanted to get, and honestly, was... was show both sides of this. I wanted to find people that were making fun of the people in armor. Mm-hmm. That was one of my goals, if you will. Okay, this is the perfect place to do it. I told Dave, I said, Dave, okay, this is the perfect place to do it. We're going to find so many people making fun of them, it's going to be unbelievable. But no, the kids loved it, man, and their parents loved it, and it, was un- it, was, it shocked me. And the few people, I think there were three or four that were actually making of the guys and, and Dave and I kind of Dave kind of taps me on the shoulder and points behind us and I listened to what the conversation was and we're like oh you, know, you know mama mama and daddy get you that suit and blah 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 mm-hmm. so I turned to the guys and said oh great I'm glad you said that can I get that on camera oh no no we don't want to be on camera I said oh come on you're brave enough to say it off <laughs> say it on camera stick up for it you know I want to hear if you truly believe that then say it on camera and I got I gotta tell you I really think the people that make fun of these guys who dress up are really weak um, because they'll say anything off camera. But when immediate, immediately as I grab the camera and say, okay, let's, let's say that, and you repeat what you just said, they won't do it. They refuse. They run away. But the people who love it, I'll say, hey, man, can I get that on camera? Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, I love these guys. This is, this is awesome. It takes me back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. So I think to make fun of something like this, you have a weakness inside you somewhere that, that has not been 
I don't know, it's something that just hasn't been built up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't want to give too much away, but it's what I found. I have not been able to find too many instances that go against that train of thought. That are they're they're just like basically jealous of the guys with the suit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, what 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 would be your favorite anecdote from Europe? From Europe, man. Let me tell you about Europe real quick. Um, first of all, you know the German garrison out there has one of the largest garrisons I think in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, now we, we're talking about a group that started off by two people, which was Alban and his friend uh, Tom, mm -hmm. and and grew to like twenty five hundred or more now. I think. But I think officially there's a little more than 2,500, but I think uh, unofficially there's probably a whole lot more that just don't keep up with the websites. Mm -hmm. um, but the German garrison had the biggest ones. I, I said, you know what, i got to make it to Germany at least. That was my goal, get to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Natalie Muhlberger, uh, she was a uh, exchange, exchange student. I don't know if that's the right word, way to put it, but yeah. she was going to college here in uh, Massachusetts. And I met her in New York originally and then down in Atlanta. Uh, when I was shooting there separately. And um, I said, you know what? I need to go to Germany to film this thing. And guess what? I don't know German. I'm the typical American, no one language, whatever. And I need a translator. And she's like, well, you know what? I will be in Germany um, for the summer of 2004. And I said, well, you know what? I wanted to have this thing edited and together by August of 2004, but for Germany, I'll wait. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, we flew out. I flew out there, met her. And not only did we go to Germany, but we went to France. We went to uh, Switzerland, and I met some of the, the greatest people, honestly, out there. I, I can't. I got to go ahead and, and drop some names here because Marcus, you know, in Cologne, he was great, awesome, had a great time with him. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we had people who let us stay with them, like Pascal in Switzerland and mm -hmm. Dirk and Sabine in Munich. Mm -hmm. And uh, we met uh, we, individually who oh, Michael, I think, in, in Warburg. Uh, just really, really great, great people. And you know what? They're the same as the people in the United States as far as 501st concerned. They're all the same. I mean, they're they're very nice. They're very cordial. Very intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't find a stupid person walking around in stormtrooper armor. It's just, it just doesn't happen. But anyway, the French garrison was, was in particularly uh, great to us. Uh, they very quickly pulled together a bunch of people to meet us in Paris to, um, to do an interview. And I interviewed about five or six of them in Paris. Mm -hmm. And it was it was a blast. They were such good people, and uh, and also I got to go ahead and tell you this too. They, they sent me these great shirts. Um, it was a T-shirt with with not only was it a French garrison T-shirt, which I mentioned that I liked. They're like, okay, we'll send you one. You know what? I didn't expect it. And in the mail the other day, I get this package from France, and it's the French garrison T-shirt. But not only that, but they put my name on it. They actually personalized it, which was very cool. <laughs> nice. Very cool. But um, the Germans actually had a good impact on me as well because you know they they. Uh, they introduced me to German beer and Jägermeister. <laughs> and, man, talk about a bad night. <laughs> um, but a terrific friend of mine from the UK named Leon. Some of you guys may know him if the five of us is listening, which you know, I hope they are. Um, and they, they, he was there to assist in my intoxication. And he can hold his liquor way better than me. But um, I thought of no better way to be introduced to Germany than, than the, uh, the incredible German beer and the, uh, the Jägermeister, which I think I will pass on from now on. Yeah. German know how to drink. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> like water. <laughs> and um, we we just like took a quick look on the 501st.com website, and uh, they're up to 2,500 costume members around, uh, like spread over 21 countries worldwide. Um, you know what? So that uh, I have gotten emails from people 
in Australia, Brazil, um, Japan, uh, just oh, some places like I think a country that has maybe three members of the 501st in it that form their own squad. You know, and they're like, hey, come on out to, to interview us. I'm like, I really wish I could, but, you know, it's like this stuff costs money, a lot of money. And I, you know, like I work a regular job, and it's hard for me to do it. You know, people like, for instance, my uh, travel director, Tana, uh, she has gotten me deals like you wouldn't believe on flights and hotels and things. And really, if it wasn't for people that donate their time and energy to this cause, that it would not have it would not have happened. I wouldn't have been to so many different places. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really, really wish I could get out to Australia, for instance, because they have a huge uh, uh, fan base out there, and they have a huge uh, 501st, and those guys are awesome. And uh, in Brazil, I think uh, Vinicius Aries uh, sends me stuff all the time, like footage and stuff that, that includes a documentary, and uh, just, you know, and giving me just offered in general support, like moral support. And I love that. You know, that's, that's really incredible. Nice. It is the outpouring from the groups around the world in support of a documentary that they really don't know what it's about yet. They mm-hmm. don't know if it's going to be like Trekkies, which really made, yeah. I think, the Star Trek members, uh, fans look bad. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't know if this is going to be the same thing, but they're, you know, they have faith that I'm actually trying to make a, a realistic, honest depiction of them, which I am. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> I, and the outpouring of love has been incredible. Cool. All right. Um, so far, you've been shooting and shooting and shooting. What's the most surprising piece of footage you've, you've shot oh, boy. since the beginning. Now you're putting me on the spot because I've thought about, like, in, in general, um, the, the best footage and the most surprising thing. And I, if I say it, I'm afraid I'm not going to leave something for the documentary. Oh. <laughs> well, that's a very good answer. We'll yeah. take it. <laughs> uh, you've, got a, you've got a website up called artofanempire.com. That's right. And uh, you've got a teaser available there. Yes, yes. Uh, what can we see in here in that trailer? Okay. Um, it starts off kind of like I'm going to start the film off. It's got, you know, your average go-on-the-street interviews. You know, have you heard of the 501st? You know what these guys are. And most of them are like, what is that? <laughs> Military group? What is that? <laughs> and I think the, the best line came from a guy who was just happened to be passing by and says, what is that, some kind of college savings fund? <laughs> 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 and he just made the movie. <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, and, and it takes you through that. And then I wanted to leave an ambiguous um, question at the end. Uh, you know, I wanted you to be able to watch the trailer, get some images from, and honestly, this is just some of the footage I happened to scrounge together and throw into a trailer. There's so much more in the film that's not in the trailer. And this is a teaser, so this is way before we actually put, started putting the film together. I'm just asking this question. Uh, it, there's less than a second. Did we see, like, a uh, Mon Calamari, uh, like, uh, in a bathtub drowning or something? <laughs> You guys have been freeze-framing, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, that was a guy, I think we were in um, Baltimore, and it was this joke he does. He gets into the hot tubs, and he puts these uh, Mon Calamari, and I, I probably just murdered that name, uh, <laughs> you know, mask on, and puts the gloves on, and acts like he's boiling. So he sits there for a while, he goes, gosh, it's getting hot, and he starts wiping his forehead, you know, and, and suddenly he starts boiling like a lobster. <laughs> okay. Cool. Was, you know, it, it, it may not make the final film, Oh. Somewhere while the credits roll, I'm going okay. to have that in there because it's just too funny. Yeah. Um, like some bloopers at the end? <laughs> well, you know, I thought about that, but I thought maybe instead of bloopers, since I think a documentary technically can't have bloopers, mm-hmm. it's, you know, a, a recording of, quote, real life. I think I'll put the more odd or the more funny things that happen 
in there. They don't fit anywhere else, you know? Okay. Um, that would be, you know, my ideal. But we'll see how it goes. I'm not there yet. I don't know, you know, how it's all going to pan out yet, mm-hmm. I can really say. Okay. And there's a lot of uh, footage in in, uh, in an hospital. That's cool. Oh, man, let me tell you what. Uh, talk about the most surprising. I w- I'll go ahead and cover that a little bit. Um, big, 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 big thanks to Mark Shulin out in Sacramento, California. Um, let me tell you real quick, and I hope I'm not going too long here. No, no, no. The absolute hardest thing about this movie, uh, you know, aside from trying to describe what it's about to, like, the average Joe, <laughs> is uh, finding a hospital that the 501st will visit that would let me shoot because there's so many laws. There's HIPAA laws and, and uh, mm-hmm. um, standards and, and practices, everything that, you know, we can't have a video camera in on site. We can't have a camera because it might pick something up that might be sensitive to patient information or might be, you know, patient sensitive or mm-hmm. someone might get on camera that doesn't want to be on camera. So I had tried. I had called. I had gone through the 501st said, guys, you have the best relationships with the hospitals that you guys visit. Would you mind asking them if I could come in with a camera and shoot? Because, you know, once the 501st, what they do is they establish great relationships with community. And, and is this the best way to go? Rather than me cold call out of the blue and say, Hey, I'm I'm shooting a documentary and I want to come to your doorstep and shoot these guys in costume. It's better if they ask for me and I kind of go in on the side. But I tried that and everyone said no. Everybody, everywhere. So by the time Mark gives me a, an email, he's like, "Hey man, we're doing this thing. We want to come out here, this children's hospital." I was like, "You know what? Just forget about it." I interrupted him. I said, Just "Don't even worry about it. You know, no hospital gives me the time of day." And he writes me back. He's like, "You know, my wife works there and it's already set up." <laughs> I'm like, Dude, I'm there. And we <laughs> so called Julie, who has uh, helped me out tremendously with this movie. Uh, and we were on our way out to California. We scraped together some dimes, grabbed a ticket out, out there. And um, I, I don't want to go into specifics because um, we met one particular kid, and you see him in the trailer named Sean. And Sean was absolutely incredible. Such a huge, huge fan of Star Wars. And to see Vader, when he walks in, uh, you know what? I really don't want to give this away. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to defer it. I'm not going to... Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give away what happened, mm-hmm. but um, he was such a super cool dude. Uh, he, uh, his, his family emails me quite a bit. As a matter of fact, he met the governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, in, in California. Mm-hmm. Recently. He had some, some pictures made with him, and uh, I got those, and those are great. And the kid is awesome. Um, I really can't wait to edit some of the stuff together. I was actually looking at the footage last night, uh, trying to figure out ways to cut it together, and I just got, again, got excited and excited and excited because, you know, his face just showed what Star Wars, doing this 501st thing, is all about for a lot of people, and that's making those kids happy. Um, but, you know, Mark Shulin, for instance, you know, salt of the earth, man. Just cannot thank him enough for getting all that set up, because without that, the documentary would be so much less. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to hear somebody talking about, I've been to a hospital, I've made kids happy. It's another thing to witness it mm-hmm. and see what they do. And there's a lot more kids, too, other than, than Sean, but Sean was the one I kind of focused on, because he, uh, he really really dug the whole Vader thing. <laughs> we see a little bit of, of it in on the trailer. Yes, you see a little, little tease of it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's see, when the trailer, I'm trying to think what else is in it. Of course, we have all the actors I've interviewed so far. We've got uh, this is Ben Burt, which went down to Skywalker Ranch to shoot some of those. You get Steve Sensuit saying, 501st? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was a joke. He did it as a joke. Yeah. And uh, I thought, well, that's a perfect way to end the trailer right there, just... Uh, who's the 501st? Um, you know, the Star Wars fans would get that totally because the Star Wars fans know who Steve is. Uh-huh. And the average Joe would be thinking, I still don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. So it fits the trailer either way. 
Um, but, but my whole point in the trailer was to make it ambiguous. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to tempt the appetite to figure out, okay, what are these guys? I'd like to know. And hopefully after you watch the trailer as an average Joe, you're just like, you know what? I might want to check that film out because I'm very curious as to what these guys are all about. And you got, uh, you got a band playing for uh, the music in the trailer. Yes, I do. And I cannot, like, again, it's, it's so, many, so many good people, so many really good people just donating to this project. Once they hear about it, once they see the trailer, they realize what it's about. They're just like, you know, what, what can I do to help? Well, music was a huge, huge thing. I needed to have good music. I mean, no film is good without a good score, good mm-hmm. music. And Palette, which is a terrific band out of Connecticut, um, had offered to, mu- you know, offered to contribute music to the film. They sent me a couple of discs full of studio cut music, and it was incredible. It's good music to listen to, you know? So I thought, okay, well, my documentary won't have too many... They're, they're, they do a lot of hard rock. Mm-hmm. My documentary won't have too many, you know opportunities to in- introduce hard rock but it will have a couple mm-hmm. and the trailer especially you want to you know bump up the energy level and you know the best way to do it for the hard driving rock name i mean for a teaser short one you know the, the long trailer is the one you put the slow music in and actually mm-hmm. you know make it uh drawn out but yeah they donated music and um i i cut it i actually cut some of their songs together differently to use for the trailer mm-hmm. i was really worried about that i was like okay these guys are going to hate me because i took one of their songs i looped this trim this cut this <laughs> and they saw it and the guy wrote me back he's like dude here's our disc treat our music any way you want so it, it means a lot to me when a band like palette which are really really good will will say okay i trust you to edit our music together to make it work for the movie <laughs> Um, but also, real quick, the Avid Brothers, uh, which is a band out of the southeast here, um, they uh, allowed me to use uh, some of their music after I approached them. I went to see them in concert and thought, wow, these guys are really good. And um, they saw the trailer. They had one in particular song that fits the movie perfectly. And I saw the trailer. After they saw the trailer, the manager called me and said, you know what? They want you to use it, so take off with it. Nice. Um, and recently, and i got to thank Natalie for this. She actually turned me on to this guy. There's a composer who uh, has done film score and, and can, you know, professional. We're not talking like some guy out of his garage. Mm-hmm. I've done film and, and commercial scores. And uh, I'm talking with him about doing a score for the film. Um, it's wow. Really excited about that. I don't know if it's going to happen yet or not. It all depends on, like, you know, funds involved and things like that. I don't know if it's going to happen. But I'm really, really excited about it because to have a good score would mean so much more for the emotional undercurrent of the piece. Nice. Very nice. So, in... Since we're in, we're talking about the trailer. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys you've met and who's shown in the trailer is Arturo. Yes, I, I Arturo. Yeah. How was your experience with him? <laughs> <laughs> Horrible guy. <laughs> uh, no. Arturo was great, man. I mean, every time I see him now, uh, you know, I, I interviewed him a little bit for the documentary, but every time I see him, he always makes a special attempt to walk over and say hey and shake my hand. And, uh, you know, just, just a really great guy, really talented guy, too. Uh, apparently, apparently, he's a pretty good uh, a graphic designer. But uh, I love his suit, man. He looks so much like the guy. Yeah, Tim Wera Morrison. I'm glad you know the name. <laughs> <laughs> like, the other day, I was talking to Lucasfilm, and they're like, okay, I'm going to license some footage from them, of some of the actors. And they're like, okay, what, what is that guy's name? Okay, what is that guy's name? And they're like, okay, just send us an email with all the people you need to the footage. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that, because I don't know these names. Uh, yeah, but he looks so much like the guy. I thought it was striking. He took his helmet off. I'm like, well, that's a good Django fit. Takes his helmet off, and it's like, wow. 
Yeah. That's the actor. <laughs> he actually went on stage at Celebration 2, and that was in- pretty incredible. He told me that story, and I hope I can use that in a documentary because it's just that good. And again, it might be one of those things that has to hit the cutting room floor just because, of, you know, I want to keep it brief. I want to keep the documentary to like an hour and a half at the most. And uh, there's only so much you can include, and that's the problem because there's so many great things that I've come across. I'm going to have to be very specific and really, you know, punish myself for keeping certain things in. But yeah, he's such a great guy. Well, when you edit, you have to kill your babies. Yeah, that's right. It's like, it it is. (laughs) (laughs) I know this very well. (laughs) And um, there's, for a brief moment, we we see a stormtrooper actually... uh, Taking away a tear from his eyes. Ah, you know that's that's creative editing. <laughs> what he's actually doing is wiping sweat off his uh, eye. Oh! <laughs> I, I thought it fit well, and I have other pictures very similar to that. But because I didn't want to give away everything mm-hmm. I might have, um, I, I do want to keep. God, there's so much. I, I do want to keep certain things to a minimum. So mm-hmm. that was just creative editing, and I'm sorry to dis, you know disprove uh, certain rumors. Yeah. yeah, and we were gonna go and say that how you may how human they were, you know. But <laughs> now we're starting to doubt again. Oh, great, great. <laughs> um, so far, we've got no clue on what media the documentary will be available. There seems to be some contention on this. Uh, I, I hear, I tell people everywhere I go how I plan on distributing this. But every time I get these, I, I see message boards that link to my site, and I'm always going to them and just finding out what people are saying, like, okay, are they hating me? Are they loving it? What, what's going on here? And um, honestly, uh, it's, it, I, here's, my, here's my plan. Now, I don't know if my plan will go through. I think at first I was just going to do a straight-to-DVD thing because my first vision of this film was lower scale than it actually has become. Um, at first I thought, okay, I'll, I'll sell it on DVD. I'll just, you know, the five of first will be happy. I'll sell it to them for, like, at cost, and they'll be good. But as, I, as it kept growing, as things kept getting bigger, and as the emotional content of the movie became that on par with some of the documentaries I've seen in the theater, I thought, okay, let's rearrange that for a minute. Let's actually try to go to the film festival. Let's go out there and really give it the, you know, I've already gone this far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Push on through. So uh, I'm, I'm, I, my plan now is, to, is when this is all said and done, which, by the way, the, is hopefully going to be in January. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the beginning of January to wrapping all this up. As far as editing, it should be complete in January. You know, that's barring George Lucas doesn't call up, hey, I'd really like you to interview me for this thing. <laughs> hint, hint. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> January will be finished, and I'll go out there to film festivals, travel across the nation and maybe up to Canada, Toronto, I don't know, um, and uh, just push the film and, and try to get a distributor and maybe get an agent. I don't know yet. I, it's all up in the air. I think a lot's going to depend on the final edit of the film but that's what I want to do I want to get a theatrical distribution even though it might be a limited like art house thing that'd be great I'd well, like to do that and then move on to you know let them handle a DVD release or whatever else was that just a call to George Lucas I think it was I <laughs> <laughs> call it was turned down flat I hate to admit <laughs> but you know there's not there's not only very nice uh, film festival in Toronto there's also uh, a bundle of very nice film festival here in Montreal, and one especially would be good for your documentary called Fantasia. Well, you know, it's funny. I think, I, from what I've seen of, of Canadian uh, media, they're much more friendly towards documentary. I mean, it's in America, documentary is almost a, a bastard cousin of, of film, you mm-hmm. know, and that's changed a little bit with Michael Moore and, 
and, and Spurlock, you know, doing uh, Super Size Me mm-hmm. and Fahrenheit 9-11, mm-hmm. those things have kind of pushed documentary to the forefront again, which mm-hmm. is good. Um, mine's a little less, you know, political. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think it has an audience. I really think it has an audience. Um, it's, it, I, I, Canadians, uh, the way that the documentary is, is held up, and, and from what I can tell, in their media is, is very positive, and I'd love to go up there and, and shop the film around and say, hey, look, you know, somewhere it might have a bigger audience in Canada than it would in, uh, in America. And I like to say that I'm huge in Europe, but, <laughs> you know, when uh, the Europeans uh, will, will, I get emails from Germany and France and all these other places, and they, you know, every day I get hits on the website from Europe. <laughs> I only get a few from Canada. I'm getting a little worried. I don't know. <laughs> well, I just hit up your website. Don't worry. <laughs> Man, I appreciate it. <laughs> but I, I'm, I was surprised that on the 501st website, there's no link to your website. You know, I, I've noticed that, but I wasn't going to say anything. I think it's an act of Congress to actually get the 501st website updated. I can't be sure on that. Okay. But they may be, you know, treating me kind of like... Um, Kind of like Lucasfilm is. They're like they're not sure where I'm going with it. You know, okay. Lucasfilm doesn't know. They're like, okay, if he can make us look bad or not, they're very interested in seeing the final product. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you know, how is this guy going to handle Star Wars, and how is he going to make these guys look? Because it's a reflection on Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. and it's a definite reflection on the 501st. Maybe they're they want to see what it is before they they link to it. Um, I like the fact that I like the idea that I'm impartial to them. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're kind of helping with that by not adding that to their website. But I think that the teaser is enough. I think to, you know, prove that you're you're you do you're doing that in good faith. <laughs> I hope so, and I, I think the teaser is not too far from the final product as far as the theme and the tone mm-hmm. of how the film's going to run. Um, it it, it kind of has it all. It has you know the the question, what are they? It has the the different places. It kind of gives you an idea. Okay, we've not just shot this in our backyard. We've actually gone places. To, to shoot this, we've followed mm-hmm. people on their jobs. You know, we've gotten comments from all over the place, and um, we also got the uh, the the perspective of the actors and some of the production people. What do they think of these guys that dress up in armor? You know, that's something I'd want to know if I were watching a movie. Mm. Um, and uh, it leaves you with that question. You know, and I think that the tone of that will, will pretty much covers the first half of the film. I think as it goes on, you know, you're you're going to see the emotional content. You're going to see the the the, the the kids, you're going to see the, the adults that are just ecstatic and happy to be doing something like this. You cool. get the fulfillment of childhood dreams for a lot of people, too. You know, they get to go out like some people go out on a Harley and, and, and ride the country in a Harley every, every weekend, and these other guys, they go out and they their their favorite character for a weekend, you know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's as therapeutic as hitting the open road. It's as therapeutic as someone, actually I think it's more therapeutic than someone who does housework all day and and tries to build that entertainment room, or tries to build the uh, the perfect garden. <laughs> I think yeah. you know, dressing up in a in a costume and going out there and making some people happy is is actually much more therapeutic. But that's mm-hmm. just that's argument's sake, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, we did mention bloopers earlier. We never really got a straight answer as to are we going to see it on DVD or not. I got to be honest with you. I I would love. I mean, if I if I were making this DVD, you know, if I and this all all hinges on. If I can get a distributor, if I get a distributor that wants to distribute the film, and they'll take the reins, and like, okay, we're producing X amount of DVDs, and uh, but we're only going to have the movie on it. I would have to fight it a little bit because it, my dream DVD is to have a DVD with all the little extras in there that um, 
that, that make it so special, these little moments that were so funny but could never make it into the documentary, or even touching that could never make it into the documentary. Mm-hmm. Well, you I could think probably, the fans would want to see that. You could probably produce it yourself and just get a distributor. Yeah, it, it, it would. I might would have to do that at that point. Um, and, you know, for instance, one of the things I really wanted to do for a DVD was put Jeremy Bullock's full interview on there because, you know, I, I sat down with Jeremy. We only had, were allotted like maybe half an hour with him. But we ended up talking for almost two hours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, uh, and this guy was awesome. And, He's very uh, talkative. Me, you, I mean, I bet you guys have met him. I'm sure you yeah. have. He does a convention circuit a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the greatest actors I've interviewed so far. Very personable. He really got down with me and, and got personal with me. And we talked, you know, about what do you really think about this? And, I, and, and, and well, what do you do when you see somebody that comes up to you in armor? And, and various other questions that go a lot deeper than that. But he was very, very, he didn't treat it or treat the fans in any way, you know, on a pe- he didn't put himself on a pedestal, you know, with the fans. He, he really just talked about them like real people, and these are my great people because they, they, they support me as an actor and, and uh, just really incredible stuff. But there's stuff in that interview I want, I think every fan should see. I think every fan should see his interview, and I want to put it on the DVD as an extra, the full uncut interview. Um, wow, you're looking at a two DVD set. <laughs> yes, yeah, but that'd be the super special edition, right? With yeah. really enhanced special effects. Oh. I'm buying this, man. I hope I didn't want this. Um, okay, I think you've got pre- three pre-orders right yeah, now. Right yeah, now. <laughs> <laughs> at least three. Uh, let me see real quick. Uh, let me see what kind of guy Jeremy is. Um, I found out that uh, Sean was uh, a huge Boba Fett fan. He loved Boba Fett. It was his absolute favorite character next to, I think, Vader. And uh, I, I emailed Jeremy. I'm like, Jeremy, I know you... You charge, you know, money. Like everybody else, they have to make a living when they go to these conventions. They have to make money. They charge for their autograph. That's no secret. So I'm like, Jeremy, this is this kid. He's a really great kid. I gave him the details about his, his life and what he's been through. I said he would love nothing more than an autograph picture from And, uh, you know, I was even like, I'll pay for it. Whatever. He wrote me back. He's like, no problem. I've done an autograph. Uh, I wrote him a personal note, sent it out to the kid. Free of charge, you know, whatever. Just because he's that kind of guy, you know? Um... I tell you, man, Jeremy Bullock really impressed me. And, uh, like, I mean, I've interviewed and All the Star Wars actors have been very cordial and very good and very nice, the ones that would actually speak to us. Um, but Jeremy was just, to me, sticks out in my head as going above and beyond. Um, can't say enough good things about him. Cool. There you go. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Star Wars celebrations, you're aware of them, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you've been a Star Wars fan for long enough to actually have attended one of those, at least <laughs> one of both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to hit a sore spot, and here's where I might lose a lot of interest. Um, actually, I, I, uh, I'm so burned out on Star Wars after three years of doing this that I don't even like to, in my normal life, outside of this documentary, if there is one, I, don't, I try to stay away from Star Wars as much as possible. Okay. Um, are pretty much like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Celebration 1 came around, and I actually was planning on doing the documentary. Uh, so I was saving up for the equipment and trying to do whatever I could. Um, and Celebration came around right, I think it was the month before I started shooting. And um, I, so I didn't go to Celebration 1. By the time Celebration 2 ran, came around, I was so financially involved in, in travel and everything else and you know peripherals for the, for the documentary that I... Um, you know, there are light sets to buy. There are, you know, nothing in, in film and video is cheap. I mean, nothing. It, it, and you, some of you guys may know this. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So it, it's just it's just incredibly expensive. The cheapest tripod is like a thousand dollars. You know, it's 
nothing is cheap. So I said, you know what, Celebration 2, I'm already kind of getting sick of Star Wars. No way. Um, Celebration 3, I have everybody ask me, hey, we're going to Celebration 3. I'm like, you know what, I think I will be on an island somewhere in the Bahamas. <laughs> because I, I just, I, you know, I, I guess at a point you get burned out on it. But it would actually be a great place to promote your, your DVD if it, it happens. It would be. Um, and uh, who knows? I, you know, hey, if someone would like to invite me along as a guest, I'd love to come speak about making a documentary on these guys. <laughs> well, that's but an idea we could always push. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm all for that. Uh, but, no, seriously, I, I, I do like Star Wars. Like, hey, I bought you guys. We're, we're going to talk about the DVD set, I think. And um, I, I went out and I, I had ordered that and uh, watched it. And it got me excited again. I mean, you know, there's there's the good and bad, and I guess you guys mm-hmm. are gonna talk about that. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, to see it again and to see it in such clarity, and I had the DV, I had a laser disc set from back in the '90s. Now, come on, let's get old school here. I had laser <laughs> lucky. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was, I'd never seen it like this. I mean, it looked incredible, and that's up again for, you know, I guess uh, debate. <laughs> But I thought the new look of the, the the trilogy was awesome, and it got me excited again because I, I watched the first three films again, or I guess the four, five, and six, however you want to mm-hmm. describe it, and I really got excited. Um, the last couple of films I thought were lacking, and I watched these old films, four, five, and six, as an adult, and still get excited about it. Now maybe that is the inner child in me coming out, and maybe I just don't have the inner child when I see episode one and two, like so many people say. Um, but you know, I think. I think what they were trying to say in the first film, it was an action film, you know, first and foremost, but it had many subtle layers to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, that's what got so many people excited about the movie. Uh, I think what George did, or Mr. Lucas, or, you know, I should show respect, um, he, I think what he did in making those films and creating this cultural phenomenon was one of the greatest things that's happened to our society in the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, and I don't want to overstate that, but... It's, uh, it created a, a myth and a, and a, and I, God, this has been battered, beat the dead horse, but it created a mythos for society. And it has inspired so many artisans, um, from painters to, to musicians to filmmakers. And it just cannot be said enough how, how much of an indelible impact that those films have had on entire generations to come, you know. So, yeah, I got excited again, but not as excited to go out there and put myself in a situation where I'd be surrounded by it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I hope that comes April 21st, I'll be able to shake your hand on an island at Celebration 3, <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in the dealer's room. Do you have a planned release date for Heart of an Empire? Well, I, you know, like I said, I'm hoping January, sometime in that time frame. Um, will be when it will be complete. And I'll have to look at the, you know, okay, let me go ahead and give you my, my game plan. If, if I go to these film festivals, or I should say when I go, I'm hoping I can call up the local garrisons and say, hey, guys, would you mind standing outside the theater in armor and passing out pamphlets? Go see this movie, go see this movie, go see this movie. You know, get people in the, in the, in the theaters to see it, because if they go to these little art houses to see it and people see that, or the film festival people see, okay, this thing is drawing a lot of attention, you know, maybe I can get a wide release, an official release, and a lot of people will have to go see it on a release date. That would be my dream. You have the perfect organization to do that. <laughs> it's got a good net. I mean, you know, something I was talking to some of these, these 501st members about was that the 501st, for any, no matter what you're doing, provides a network that you would never have with your local car club or motorcycle club or sports club that's usually pretty contained and pretty, um, it's just self-contained for communities. 
but the 501st is spread all over the globe. And if you need something from Europe or Japan or, or whatever, you've got a friend. You can call. You can email, email more like, uh, email and say, look, I'm looking for something. Do you have it out there? Can you send it to me? No problem, man. 501st member, I'll do it. And there's a lot of people out there that will. It's almost like a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting that Alvin, you know, named it after a military group mm-hmm. uh, because it almost is like a brotherhood uh, uh, in the military. You guys are, you know, they go out there, they, they wear this armor, they, they keep, they got to make sure other armor is so-so, it has to be perfect, you know, mm-hmm. just like the military. And they have these little missions, which are basically charity events and mm-hmm. whatever else they do. Sometimes they open supermarkets. I don't know. But um, and they have a brotherhood worldwide that they can always call on to help them out. And that's cool. Yes. That's something most people don't see, you mm-hmm. know. But hopefully they will now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what just occurred to me? If we take a good look at what the, the, the stormtroopers really are, they're in fact a troop of brothers. That's right, band of brothers, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the HBO show. But yeah. There you they go. are truly clones. From the same batch. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it. They're all brothers. Well, it's funny because it is almost, that's eerily, and I never thought of that contrast, but you're right. Uh, they're almost clones of each other. Everywhere I go, it's all the same. They all are inspired by, maybe it's from the inspiration. Maybe it all goes back to that early inspiration. You know, Star Wars taught people to do good, and they taught to always do the right thing. And I think if you grew up with those morals, and, you know, obviously it's a parent's job to install, and, 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 you know, install those morals in you. But it, it also, if, if, you, if your parents are telling you one thing and your media is telling you something else, there might be a confliction. Who knows? But when you're supported in the media, like Star Wars, you know, the films, uh, with these good morals, maybe you grow up that way. And I think a lot of people are. The people that have carried this on to adulthood um, have a certain way of speaking, a certain respect of all other people. You know, they've, they've, when I've gone and talked to them, I get the same story. You know, Star Wars inspired me from a kid, and this would happen and this happened. Their stories are almost always the same, mm-hmm. and they always lead up to a certain point. And I've never met such a good, well-rounded group of people. Uh, now, you know, like I said, you have your extremes, you know, and there is conflict within the 501st. They're not one big happy family. Um, I think the Internet separation actually adds to this conflict. Mm-hmm. But And I cover this. I cover the conflict in the film. Some of the, you know, points that, okay... Uh, one of the members disagreed with the management of the 501st, and, and the, the, or the, the Lucasfilm had to say something to the 501st about this. They didn't like this happening. And, mm-hmm. um, but the relationship that the management, and you know, there's good and bad about that, I think people will raise, but the, the relationship between the, the hierarchy of the 501st, Lucasfilm, and the fans is a just, is, has been a very well-balanced one. Mm-hmm. Cool. Indeed. Uh, I got a small, we've got, we've got an email from Julia here. Uh, she's a writer for a teen publication in San Jose, California, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna go ahead and read that uh, the, the the fan mail she she sent us. Okay. Uh, we're working on an upcoming issue dedicated to teen fandom, and we were wondering if we might have your views on the topic. How have teens affected Star Wars fandom, and vice versa? Do you think there's something about the film that appeals to the difficulty of surviving the adolescent stage of life? Is there a substantial amount of teen involved with the 501st, or is it, as a a stereotype might suggest, predominantly middle-aged men? When did you become interested in stoppers? So we've already answered a couple of those questions. (laughs) I can definitely address this. Um, The 501st is actually a a group that has has, has some bylaws and rules. I think they call them the charter, and if Mm -hmm. I'm wrong about that, I'm going to get about 40 emails from people. Mm -hmm. But there's a charter, I think, out there. 
And one of the, the things on the charter is you have to be 18 or above mm-hmm. okay. uh, to join because, um, unfortunately, some of the events they go to, like I think conventions, are, have a lot of partying and things like mm-hmm. that, and there's always some kind of concern about exposing a minor to whatever. Or they might have to go places where you have to be a certain age to mm-hmm. go in. Uh, so I think just to kind of a, a, a square all, they, um, they actually say, okay, you have to be 18, cut it off there. However, I think there's a program, if I'm not mistaken, gosh, I don't, like I said, I'm not a spokesman for these guys, but um, I think there's a program, unofficial, where they'll, they'll talk to somebody that's getting ready to come of age. Or I think there was one guy, actually, at one garrison who was 16, very interested, and just was in communication with him until he turned 18 and was able to get his suit put together and, uh, and go out there and, and be a member. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, they'll, they'll talk to you, you can talk to them, uh, about becoming a member, but they won't let you in unless you're 18. Okay. I think it's 18. That's All right. Great. We will forward you this e- uh, this email so you can answer her directly. Awesome, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, right now we're going to get uh, to basically thanking any people you've worked with. Uh, uh. Earlier you were like a little bit wary about naming names, but please go ahead. Oh. Goodness, I got you know, whoever you can think of. So many people that, <laughs> that have been involved in this. That uh, let's just start. With, let's start with the big ones, okay? Um, you may have been to the website. You've seen the people that I have listed as actually being a part of the documentary. Luther Yance uh, was the first guy to go out there and hold the camera. Uh, he had never done any camera work before. He just kind of was a guy. I was. I had to go to the shoot at Screen Gym Studio, and um, he was there to uh, say, "Okay, you know, I'm, my weekend's free. I can hold a camera, basically." So, you know, we went out there. This is my first shoot. He did that with me. He really helped me out. So because I, I really needed some help at that point, he was there to step up to the plate. I went ahead and just made him one of the photographers on the film. You know, that's what he did. Um, Julie, uh, I met actually on that shoot. Uh, she had been actually pulled down there by uh, one of the guys who in, in the garrisons who, who said, you know what, there's these guys making a fan film, and it can be some exposure for you, and she's done like minor actress work and modeling work and things like that, and was very interested in film, so she went down to this, this shoot. Um, and uh, she and I started talking, and I realized, like, this girl's really interested in, in doing this stuff, and she seemed very interested in the documentary. Uh, so she and I became friends and started going out there, and she was my camera person. And i got to say this about Julie. Um, people are so much more relaxed when there's a woman behind the camera. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's a motherly thing. <laughs> but seriously, it, it's... You know, she always got more personal sides of people when she would shoot them than, say, me or Dave. Um, I think people are just, I think it must be the motherly thing. It's like mm-hmm. people are more, uh, you know, relaxed around women as far as talking or letting something play through for the camera. Um, it, you know, just she's helped me out tremendously. We actually almost killed each other, though, on the way up to uh, New York. It seems like every time we get together, our, the tension of the situation of the shoot will get so bad that we'll end up tearing each other's throats out and being best friends afterwards. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's one of those uh, dynamic relationships. It's really great. Uh, Dave Finlayson, who is the assistant director, uh, he, like I said, he was a CBS affiliate uh, head camera guy there. Uh, he was there for me when I had nothing. When I only had the camera and, you know, basically a half a tripod, he <laughs> came in with all the equipment and all the know-how and expertise on shooting something. You know, he, he can get in there when we are in a situation and, and pick up on things that are going to happen before the average Joe would know they're going to happen from just shooting so much in his normal everyday life. Um, so anyway, we get, you know, he gave this, the interviews in the beginning a more professional look. 
and he just really continued to assist me in so many other things. I was like, hey, man, do you mind if I just bring you on board as an official part of this thing? Um, to be honest with you, you know, we finally have gotten to a point where, um, you know, he and I are almost working like a choreography. It's almost like a dance number. When we're out there shooting, he'll be rolling camera. I'll be doing the other stuff, like, like look at that, film that, do whatever, you know, kind of directing it. And it's almost, it, we've finally got our act together. It's a great choreography. And, of course, now we're done shooting. Um, our, our interviews have become more, you know, refined looking. They're better looking now. We've finally got an idea of how each other works. And we're working very well. Here at the last three or four shoots we've done have been just tremendous. And it's a shame that I think that I can't go back to the first stuff I shot and reshoot <laughs> it. Because now with what we know and the, the expertise we have, I think that some of the stuff we did in the early days could be done a lot better. We could have shot things better, known what to look for. It's, um, but yeah, Dave's been just tremendous, tremendous help on this. Uh, I think I mentioned Tana, the travel director, you know, just been very supportive of me personally over the last few years. Uh, and of course, my website, which you guys are keep referring to, um, you know, www.heartofanempire.com, plug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Myers of Bedford Falls Graphics, uh, he, he stepped up to the plate for me big time. I, I don't know HTML. I can throw half a web page together. I designed a really ugly one. I said, would you mind hosting this, or not hosting, but would you mind updating this thing for me because I don't want to do the blog thing, but I want to do something similar. He's like, no problem, man. So he goes out there. He just throws some really great stuff together. Uh, and then <laughs> Chris Bartlett, who uh, became a friend of mine, he actually looked at my logo and was like, Jay, that logo needs some work. I was like, well, yeah, I agree. It does need work. It's what I threw together kind of half-heartedly. He's like, you know what? I'm going to redesign it. He redesigned the logo, gave it a really great professional look, and actually helped with the redesign of the uh, website with Matt, I think, just, just in order, in, in, in ways of getting just the look down. And uh, just incredible. I, I just, those guys, man, they do all this, they have their own businesses. Mark, I think um, uh, Matt is, uh, Better Balls Graphics is his business. He's the president of that company. Mm-hmm. Quite a few people working under him. And he's just giving of his time and his talent. And the same with Chris, a professional graphic designer. I think he came from, from California. He's now living in North Carolina. Um, but just, man, these guys are really, really talented. And they're, they're basically doing this for me for free. And there's nothing I can really give them in return, which I hate. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just good, good people. You know, all these good people really contribute to, to this cause. I think, I think they see that I'm passionate about it. And they're like, you know what? If you're this passionate about it, we'll give a little bit of our time, and that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. You've already plugged your website, <laughs> <laughs> and we've already plugged the 501st.com website as well. Right. So I'm just going to go straight to how should people contact you if they want to send you some footage, if they want to help yeah. you financially or whatever. Uh, like I tell you, um, it, it's interesting. Uh on the website, you know, you obviously go to About Us, and there's links to, you know, contact us. That goes directly to my email address. Um, I'm not going to give it on the air because I don't want a lot of spam, but if you go to heartofanempire.com, click on that, shoot me an email, I'll be glad to answer you. I try to answer everything. I may not get to you that day. Sometimes I come in, I have 30 emails from people. Sometimes I come in, I have one. You know, it just all depends. Um, it's taken actually a lot of my time to respond to some of these things. I... Uh, Please, footage. I'm looking for media footage. Uh, any media footage where you have got a recording and if the 501st was either mentioned, camera panned by, whatever, at an event, you know? Anything like that we can use, you know? Send it to us. Give us specifics. What channel was it on? What TV station? You know, we'll contact a TV station and try to get rights. I think the rights to do this stuff like $14 a second. 
So, you know, it's amazing how much this stuff kind of adds up in cost. Ouch. Yeah, it, everything involves a cost, especially when you're doing it professionally. You can't just use something and say, okay, done, and, and walk off. You know, if you're using footage, you have to pay a royalty. Mm-hmm. And that travel expense, equipment expense, it all adds up. And i got to be quite honest with you, I put uh, as kind of a half-hearted thing on the website a donation page. I thought, okay, somebody wants to donate five bucks, great. And it's amazing. People have <laughs> gone there. They've, they've, I've had quite a few people, maybe, you know, uh, off the hand, I'm thinking maybe 10 or 15, that have clicked and donated, not $5, not $20, $50, you know, something that, and I have, I, I will write them back saying, thank you so much for this. Here's what I'm going to use it for, and I list what I'm using it for, because I think it's very important if you're donating money. You want to know that the guy's not going to go out and blow it on a DVD or spend it on himself. You know, I try to, to show everything that I that I get with that money. I try to make every dollar count. Um, it's, it's amazing. Uh, real quick, let me just touch on this. Uh, Matt gave me an idea. I said, why don't you go out there and say, okay, $50 donation gets you credit in the film, and $100 donation gets you a website link. I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. So I thought, okay, I put it out there. A couple of people have done that, and that's really, really cool because it gives it's a way for me to give back. You know, if you're giving me, um, you know, support for the films, I can give you a little bit of screen time by whoever will see it. You know, we'll say, okay, there's a website that was donated. Let me go to that website and see what they're all about. Um, but, yeah, I actually... It's amazing. I've had people who aren't members of the 501st that just happened by the website that have seen it and thought and watched the trailer and thought, this is really cool. And, you know, and they don't know me. You know, they don't know who I am. They don't know what kind of work I'm doing. But they feel the, the need to donate. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I, to this day, I honestly, I don't worry about, you know, I worry about, like, if, if, if they're going to be happy with the final product. Mm-hmm. Now, I want them to be happy. I can't make everybody happy, but... If you're donating money, I really want you to be happy. With mm-hmm. this. Um, it, it, this, I, I almost brings a tear to my eye sometimes when I think about it, about what people, strangers to me, have given to this, to this cause. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, really, really cool stuff. But I got off on a tangent again, which I tend to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just really great stuff. Cool. Okay. And you can buy T-shirts also. Yes, you can, and I forgot about those, so Matt, don't kill me. Matt has the whole press shop <laughs> in his, in his uh, workplace there, and he's like, hey, man, if you want to do T-shirts, just let me know. And I'm like, you know what I do? I want to do them as close to cost as possible. I only get like a couple bucks off each T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, but And, and they're, they're uh, I wish they were still screened. They're not. They're, uh, they're sublimation, which isn't the greatest quality in the world, which I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you. But it's, it's something to support the film, you know. Mm-hmm. People see it and go, what is that all about? Go to the website, you know. Go to a convention in a T-shirt and get people talking. That was the whole idea. I want people to be able to wear what, what they were watching, mm-hmm. you know, and be, be happy with it and generate more interest. And um, I don't make anything really off the T-shirt, but cool. it's kind of out there for people to get if they want. And Matt's good enough to print them up for me when they order them. So um, please buy a T-shirt, man. You know, I just... I have the T-shirt. <laughs> no, I don't make a dime. I, honestly, with all the money I've spent on this thing, I'm never going to make a dime of it. Yeah. We're in the same position. Uh, I am in the same position. Paying for bandwidth for the radio show. I, I bet you are. It's <laughs> everything else. And it's like, you're never going to make the money back. No matter how much advertising stuck on that page of yours, I bet yeah. you're not going to make the money back for this. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's not. It, it's never going to make the money back. I did this film, number one, because I, I wanted to make a movie. I wanted to show a window into a different world. Uh, number two is to get my name out mm-hmm. there. I wanted people to say, Jay Thompson, didn't he do some kind of documentary? Mm-hmm. You know, well, yes, I am, and now I'm trying to get investors for a real film. <laughs> you 
you know, I wanted to make this my uh, portfolio piece. Yeah. And to do that, I wanted to make it as absolute and to be fair to all the fans and fair to all the 501st members, be as truthful as possible and be as respectful as possible in the way I, I portray them. And it's a way to give to the Star Wars community, so like like we do with the radio show or any website out there. Exactly. People, you know, people say, well, I thought this thing was going to be available for download on the web. I don't think it does it justice to, to be mm -hmm. available for download on the web. If anybody can click on this movie and download it and watch it, you know, it, it seems like that's belittling the film and belittling mm -hmm. the title first. I, I think it's important enough uh, to be out there for a larger audience, mm -hmm. you know, for, for the average Joe to see it. Because the average Joe isn't going to go to partofanempire.com on a whim mm -hmm. and click on it and watch it. Yeah. The average Joe doesn't have broadband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the average Joe can't download this thing. So um, it's important for me to get this out there to the public. And hopefully, you know, God willing, and you know, it'll happen. Nice. We, we sure hope it will for you. Well, I appreciate that. And I thank you guys so much for, like, letting me talk about it mm -hmm. because... I hope this dispels some of the rumors that have been going around about, you know, how's it going to be distributed and what's it all about and is this guy legit, what's going on. Um, there's just so much more we could cover, but, God, I've talked too much as it is, I'm sure. <laughs> Continue, uh, Sebastian. Okay. Uh, now we're up to the time where we're asking you to do the uh, the liner for Star Wars on Direct. Gotcha. And I can do that. Let me know when you want me to start. Well, you can do it now. All right, Lou. Hi, this is Jay Thompson, the producer and director of Heart of an Empire Documentary, and you're listening to Star Wars Indirect. That, that's pretty good, but do it another time just a tad little bit slower. Hi, this is Jay Thompson, producer and director of Heart of an Empire, the documentary, and you're listening to Star Wars Indirect. Perfect. It's like <laughs> so glad I could help out. <laughs> <laughs> Two shots and it's done. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for your time, Jay. Uh, of course, as everyone else, you're welcome back on the show anytime. Oh, that'd be great. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to see you in January when your hour and a half DV, uh, DVD will come out, as uh, well as you're coming out in the film festivals or whatever. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. I, I, but, um, you know, you guys, I think what you guys are doing uh, is great. I think having the uh, a radio show out there and, and, and making this work is as important as making a movie. I think it's just as important. I think that... Uh, that it's great when, when somebody will take a passion and run with it and go with it, you know, guns guns ablazing. I think that's awesome. Thanks. So, thank you guys for having <laughs> me on. I'm looking forward to going to see your movie in the local art house theater. Yeah. <laughs> a, if better, in a multiplex, but... <laughs> yeah, let's shoot for the multiplex next, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I'll try to find a contact for... Uh, the Fantasia? For, well, Fantasia, I already have the contact and send it to him. But uh, I'll try to find a contact for Cinema de Pac, which is more of... Uh, right, the art house, the yeah. repertory art yeah. house theater in Montreal. That's it. They would definitely, I'm sure, show your movie. Well, that would because be... Because they've, sh they've shown... A crappy Star Wars movie? Oh, God. Yeah. They... Yeah. they I'm sure they would love to have it. Well, that'd be great. Now, let's see if we can get a distributor to actually bump it over to film first. And then we'll <laughs> Question that comes to mind just before we let you go. You mentioned earlier that you were lurking about the, uh, the many boards on the Internet in these days. After the movie comes out, are you, do you plan on reading reviews? I don't know. I think I would, but only after a very long time. Uh, you will not be able to. You will be on this island. <laughs> well, i got to be honest with you. I've already read some of the reviews uh, about the, the trailer, and some people, the majority of people, get it. 
they get the idea, the, the teaser. I want to say the teaser because the trailer will be out when I finish the film. Oh, but okay. um, this is just kind of the teaser. And people, some people really get it, and some people don't. And I think that's the way it is with certain films. People will either get it or they won't. And so I'm not going to take anything personally. I hope. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you don't hear from me for months after this thing comes out, it's probably because I've you know, sequestered myself to a cave somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hopefully, it won't be. Um, they won't be bad. I hope everybody will get it and, and, and really enjoy the film for what it is and, and not take things too personally. Um, I don't want people, if I show conflict in the 501st, to get upset at that because, you know what, honestly, I've filmed 90% 90, 90 of the stuff I've filmed has been ultra positive and really, really good, uh, and I think that's going to come out in the film. You know, um, I hope the reviewers enjoy it as a documentary. My biggest, my biggest challenge is to make this movie... Um, like a normal film, you know, mm -hmm. make it as enjoyable, you know, cut it, cut it in such a way where it's really, really entertaining. Um, I will probably not read the reviews for a while. I'll probably wait a few months, and uh, then we'll go from there. Nice. Well, for the one last time, thank you very much for being with us today. Oh, no problem. Mm -hmm. Thank you, guys. Um, and stay on the phone. Yeah, stay on the phone. <laughs> um, now we're going to go to a short musical break, and we'll be listening to Carol King, You've Got a Friend. No, I'm just kidding. Fall to pieces, Velvet Revolver, and we'll be right back on Star Wars on Direct. It's been long since you've been
At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Hi, this is Jeff Fialetti. And this is Luke Campbell. And we're the producers and directors of Silent the Deadly Trilogy. And you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. You know, guys, i got to take a moment and tell you that it's really starting to freak me out when I hear more and more about these documentaries. Because I'm getting more and more scared that eventually one of the... Uh, the celebrities that's going to be interviewed. Let's say Peter Mayhew. Oh yeah, we went in Toronto and there was this nice guy who came all the way down from Montreal just to meet us and like, you know, they brought us lunch. Sebastian, that was his name. I, I'm scared that's going to happen eventually. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm scared. I think it'd be really cool. Cool, yeah. I yeah. think it'd be cool. But so, still, I'm not sure. So this was a great interview, by the yeah, way. I, I one of our best. Yeah. Yes. But the guy was so enthusiastic about this project. Yeah. So I can't believe I can't believe he's not going to be at celebrations, right? I think we should start a petitiononline.com <laughs> petition. No, not, not a petition, but at least help him in some way to, you know, yeah. get the word out. It, the five of us don't even have a link to his website. That that's that's strange. That's well, strange. I've I've put up. Um, I put a Millennium Falcon. I'm going to make it so that they mm-hmm. put him up. But I've told him to do a 30-second promo for our show, and we will probably play it until his movie comes out and a little bit after that. All right, then. On to the main subject. Thank you. <laughs> Original trilogy on DVD. Uh, we're going to be reviewing it, starting with uh, Lunatic. Then... Uh, okay. Well, that's what... I, I, got like, I got, like, some sort of... Something list yeah, the, an going order on there. in your head or something? No, on the list. Yeah, that you made, and you're the first no, name. So, <laughs> oh, okay, and oh, you're okay. the producer. <laughs> okay, no problem. You go ahead. No, but we'll go each other uh, with each category. Yeah, or, yeah. we'll go by category. By okay. Do you, would you like me to start? No, go ahead. The well, packaging, actually, well, for packaging. Well, as you can see, um, Danny has purchased the widescreen. And of course. So was I. So have I. <laughs> Sebastian, have you purchased widescreen or do you not have? No, the actually, money? I got it free. So yeah, <laughs> you bastard. But I got I got the widescreen version anyway. Yes. And um, I like the widescreen. Mm-hmm. I like I like it's silver. It's like contrast, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool, which is gold. Um, it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's nice. What I don't like myself is the the cardboard is so thin. I was waiting for something like they they add for the uh, one last time uh, v- VHS, you know, something more art cover or something. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it when I 
took it in mine and almost crushed it. <laughs> I didn't know it was that fr fragile. But they they could also have made something else, you know. Yes, it's the same product that the special edition, you know, yeah. but clearer. But I think they, they could have put a little bit more time in the you know, the presentation. They they We had some, uh, not leaks, but uh, rem rem remember yeah, on the internet yeah, they have... Yeah. Two version that two version that were that possible. Were, yeah, but, oh. they were really cool and w really visually stunning. Stunning, yeah. yeah. These this packaging is nice. It's better than the remastered and THX. It's cheap to, to make, so yeah. Um, personally, the best one ever, packaging wise, was the first release ever of on VHS. Okay, the I. I don't have it, but I have mm -hmm. seen it. It's very nice. Like, the fold-out, the yeah. first time they, they released it, very nice. Not as nice mm -hmm. as the... Like, yeah. this isn't as nice. Mm -hmm. But it's up there. Yeah. And uh, you got the uh, each slipcover. You got... F for us, you got... On the other side, you got the French version. So Oh, I didn't check. So that's cool. If you, if you read... Fr if you, you like You're French... The French one. Yeah, you can like just that. turn it upside down. And they put the... Uh, you know the m the same style on each cover than the prequels we have yeah, up yeah, to now. Yeah. You know the, the the Roman numbers and kind of a, a poster. You know the uh, yeah. a, an uh, an art that's pretty similar to the the prequel. So that's cool also. As for what's on the uh, the DVD itself, Mar uh, Wookie Mart mentioned it on the French show. You got uh, you know posters. From the original release, printed out on the uh, on the CD on the DVD yep. itself, so that's cool also. You know, but um, what I was when at the day of that it was released, me and my friend Nick, mm -hmm. we were at DVD Passion. Sebastian was there with the local costuming group, mm -hmm. and we were talking. And then these two, a guy came up to buy the Star Wars DVD, and he was picked up the full screen version. And we, ha Nick and I, told the guy, "You're not getting the full screen." Well, what do you mean? It <laughs> says full screen. Well, in the movie theater, it is wide screen. But then they have to cut off the ends. Now, later we walked by, and he was buying the silver version, not mm -hmm. the gold edition. <laughs> because most of the people don't know. No, nope. know that if they put TV version on it, it wouldn't sell at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That, that that's one of the nice things we've got at the store is we have we actually print have printouts from in Saint Bruno we have printouts from episode two. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, uh, they have those downtown too. That's it. Where so. we see very clearly the widescreen version. You have Padme and Anakin sitting in the ship on Tatooine, about to go back mm -hmm. to uh, Geonosis, mm -hmm. and on the full screen version, you only see Padme. <laughs> Anakin's <laughs> yeah. totally out of frame. Yeah. So you know that 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 helps a lot mm -hmm. of people actually making their choice when we're selling them the DVDs. Mm -hmm. Packaging. I, I'm so, so, so deceived. It's disappointed. You mean disappointed? Yes. Thank you. It's it's nice, but when you like Luke's face is one of the things that really really bugs me. Okay, look, check out his most. chest. That's the first thing <laughs> you have to check out, man. Okay, Mark Hamill. Mark boobs. Hamill was young, <laughs> but come on. Yeah, that's it. But that was a poster art. The original poster art looked like that. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to do something that's going to be like coming out of the box like that, I mean, come on. You could do it in a really nice pewter 
uh, box set. Oh, c- Sebastian! That would cost like two hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I sh- every, like Lucasfilm released the DVDs. They didn't even want to release them. That's so. But this is this is like. Meanwhile, you know. In the meanwhile, we're gonna give you this. I, I don't think it's the meanwhile. I hope it's the meanwhile. <laughs> I'm I, I, I'm convinced it's not. It has to be the meanwhile. But one of the things that really bugs me off is, especially on the widescreen box set, you really lose that perception of Vader's eyes in the helmet. Yeah. And on the on the on the the, the bronze box set, it's a little less a problem. But you know, it's those little things that bug that bug me. Uh, the fact that they put this wrap around in uh, in uh, cardboard, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sticked up to the uh, to the, the top yeah, of the that box. Was bad. I still have some. Yeah, you saw the traces of the the, the yeah. gum that didn't came out mm-hmm. for some reason. That's it's just it's worse weird. on the the side that there's a uh, inside. Yeah. Oh, on indeed it is. It's, it's pretty awful. You know. Yeah. That's not gonna come off, man. No, forget it. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of lighter fluid, maybe. It's there to stay. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> try goo gun if you're gonna try something. <laughs> but it's 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 a really cheap packaging, as you were mentioning earlier. The the Star Trek packagings for the Star Trek. Well, as Wookie Mark was uh, okay. mentioning in in uh, this morning's show, the for Star Trek the packagings uh, for the DVDs, the original uh, oh. series, and all the other series oh, are yeah, yeah, hard yeah. plastic. But take a, has, uh, take a look at the price. Take a look at the price. One hundred fourteen dollars Canadian to one hundred fifty-four dollar Canadian easily. Yeah, they went for the general public with that. That's it. They wanted to sell, mm-hmm. and er- nobody made money on the first day. Yeah. Nobody. Everybody lost money. How's they're, that? They're actually selling like at the cost. The actual cost of this box set is around sixty dollars Canadian. Canadian. I'll, I'll I'll just put it like in vague numbers mm-hmm. like that. Is around sixty dollars. Uh, DVD Passion sold it, f- sold it for $55 Canadian. Mm-hmm. Plus tax. Plus tax. I think it and was like 45 at Future Shop or something? No, actually Future Shop had the same price. Okay. And uh, Walmart was the lowest one, 13 cents under us. So, you know, that was <laughs> really stupid. Yeah. But um, the suggested retail price is seventy nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and you can bet that this Christmas it's already going to be like up there They're somewhere right. at seventy dollars. Yeah. It dis- it's, it's probably it's still at. Se- uh, it's discontinued after Christmas. So there you go. So you get it, it for Christmas now. And also, and uh, when you when you, uh, you did my brother gone to a future shop because I was in the hospital when it came out. That's uh, it. And you bought the, uh, in future shop if you bought the uh, box set plus Battlefront. They give you a special edition of the Star Wars Insider. Um, now, Sebastian has a question about that because he's a member of the Insider. I did not get it either. No, because you, you you have to buy the box set and Battlefront to get it. I know that's right. So, but, but honestly, I mean, it's made. It's it's printed by IDG. I'm, I'm trying to show it here on the right. webcam. It's printed by IDG. Okay, it's a very nice little. Uh, Memorable edition. Uh, I'm gonna raise it up a little bit here, mm-hmm. so you guys can actually well see the fact that there's the little hyperspace logo in the, uh, uh, underneath it, and it says clearly "Exclusive Collectors Issue." Now, wouldn't excla- "Exclusive Collectors Edition" mean um, hyperspace, hyperspace members, members? And you know, the cover says "Star Wars Insider, Insider, the companion guide to the Star Wars trilogy collection." Uh, you DVD know what? Collection? I think I know where to get the scans. People in the chat, it's I'll like give you a link. It's like I don't care about 
like I don't the too much content. care about like the content. It's really nice. It's a lot of information about many of the characters mm-hmm. uh, from Agbar to Zukas, mm-hmm. literally. And uh, I'd really have to, like to have this because I'm like really close with my, to my insta- Star Wars Insider collection. And I'm most definitely going to make a call this Wednesday to IDG. I and want to let on eBay, this. guys. <laughs> and it's it's really not about like making money out of this. It's really about the fact that hey, come on. You're making money out of our back. If you want me to buy like Battlefront and uh, and the Star Wars DVD to get that, where where I should get it since I'm a Star Wars fan club member, what the hell? People in the chat, um, hey, I found a link. The magazine of hyperspace, the official Star Wars fan club. It's written on the bottom. There you go. It just doesn't make sense that you have to do these things in order to get that. Like, or there maybe, go. or maybe just the U.S. Fans get got it, or I don't know. I, I no, the you, U.S. fans actually, didn't get it. No. Did any of you guys actually got a little uh, collector cards in your uh, in your uh, insider, in your latest insider? Uh, collector card. No, but I got one with my Revenge the Sith T-shirt. Okay. The, uh, I I would have to open my second insider. <laughs> Maybe it's in this one instead of the other. It would be in actually in the plastic package. Okay. Uh, Legends got a lot of uh, of insider, and they they got it for retail, and they have those little co- collector cards. Did we got some? No, we didn't. I don't think so. What the... I'm sorry. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say it this way because it's really a what the fuck situation. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Um, the, ch- the scans are up in the on the chat. Yes. I posted them. The scan of... The scans of, of that uh, insider. There are... I think there's something okay, like... Okay, uh, somebody scanned it? Yes. Okay. okay. And there are, they seem uh, to be very nice. They're like 45 scans. Yeah. Okay. For every page, basically. Yeah. So there you go. And uh, so I'm lucky to have one. Yes, you are very lucky. But to have one. Um, one of my friends, she actually just did. She, she lives in the states. She just went into Best Buy, mm-hmm. future shop in um, the U.S. In the U.S. Just walked in. They, there was a stack. Okay. She took one. Left. Oh. Well, it, she didn't no buy anything. It's supposed to be. She free. didn't buy anything. Yeah. She'd already. Th- she she both she had the the game and the trilogy but set. And my brother probably. Left. He told me uh, he got it with both, but probably if they s- ask for it, if they ask for it, or s- they Maybe give it was one if people buy each time, uh, the each time you set were or Battlefront That's the, it. in the counter. Oh, you 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 bought some Star Wars stuff. Okay, you get this. This, you know, ladies and gentlemen, free. is called marketing, and that's what Lucasfilm has become very good at in yes. the past years. Too good. <laughs> Way too good. I don't know about too good, but you know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. They haven't hired me yet. No! <laughs> <laughs> Image and sound quality. Moving on. The sound is pretty A good. But I freaking amazing. I couldn't. Uh, I'm not too kind I to say I that. I couldn't uh, like experience the sound because I listened with my headphones. So, well, <laughs> I only have a. I don't even have a 2.1 system. Okay. Like I have my your mm-hmm. my this on my mm-hmm. iBook and on my iMac. Okay. That's all I have. Yeah. I've seen it on. That's the same for me. I've seen it on my DVD ROM. So I haven't even listened. Plugged it into my good stereo system <laughs> yet. I need okay. to get a little thing for my iBook. <laughs> uh, and the image. Uh, I had some only one uh, downer uh, about some explosion but maybe it's because it's on my laptop uh, some of the explosion were too white you know the, the, the white was blasted yeah yeah but could be your screen yeah that's probably it but you know you can probably plug it into your TV you know <laughs> but uh, on this trap 
<laughs> out of focus? <laughs> okay, you need me to open it and put it back in focus. <laughs> yeah, that scares me. <laughs> <laughs> image and sound quality. Okay, first of all, image. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's they, amazing. They, they actually found people to work uh, to work back on Java, to work back on the Emperor, to somehow put in Aiden Christensen. It's Diagono and... Uh, yeah, Aiden Christensen. Redo the voices for... Yeah, that's it. Well, the voices are more sound than image. And for some reason, they couldn't put anyone on taking those damn freaking squares out of those TIE Fighters. Sebastian, most of us don't see it, so how about you avoid telling us where the hell they are? <laughs> <laughs> but they're still there and they shouldn't be there. They're still there okay, and they shouldn't okay, be there. Okay, you two are like the only two people I've ever heard of seeing... seeing Okay, I swear to God, next you time we're watching Star you Wars together, you're going to see them, and you're going to see them forever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see them, so I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to press, like, pause, and I'm going <laughs> to show you. Do you see the square? <laughs> but no, that's that's bad, you know? That's like, Le- find hire someone else, and, like, put him especially on those little mm-hmm. square. Like, Wookie Mart, we... Uh, we talked to him on the French show. We will be talking to him on the phone for uh, Galaxies a little bit later. He said that's probably uh, because of budget or something. They, they yeah, they probably didn't hire. It was Larry Digital who yeah. did the work on the digital. And they uh, said we have things. to do this at that price. If if you can, uh, we have to take out things we probably cannot that's do. That's it. It's like here's the list of what you have to modify. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's how it's going to cost you. Okay, or we the can't time, pay or we the time, f- the time, and the uh, time frame. And yeah. Okay, we're not going to pay that amount of money, and we're n- we want to do it shorter. Okay, so we're going to take this out and this out and this out, and okay, that's what you're going to have to pay. Okay, yeah. that's good. That's so you know, that's that's they probably were, how it they worked. They were rushed, yeah, to do the the box set. But very honestly, what I like to tell people is basically, if you're okay with your VHS copies right now. And that you don't really care for stuff you like Empire of Dreams, which yeah. is a great documentary. One of the reasons to buy it. <laughs> that you should see. Actually, I find the documentary to be one of the only reasons to buy mm-hmm. it. I would pay 50 bucks for just for that mm-hmm. documentary and the featurettes. Uh, I find them to be very good collectors, like, things to have. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, if, if you don't actually own the DVD collection as of now, mm-hmm. and that you think you can wait till they come up with a like larger box sets including those bonus material DVDs just wait mm-hmm. it's if you're there's co- a if, you're, if there's you're a collector thir- yeah. buy it Th- there's a 30th anniversary coming up so yeah. you can ex- expect things we never know and mm-hmm. uh, also if you have uh, if you're you're, you're a kind of people who watch the uh, the Star Wars trilogy a couple of times a year it's a good thing to have That's the, the DVD but if you're like kind of like me, you watch the trilogy once in three years or something, you're okay with your VHS. Last yeah. night, I just turned it on and just went to went to sleep with it. It's yes. like a lullaby to us now. <laughs> <laughs> like that, it's just. However, mm. I have to mention something about the sound quality. The digital bits, uh, which is a website mainly talking about DVDs. Uh, published a very nice little statement from Lucasfilm about the sound quality of the DVDs. Uh, there was a question that was raised about the, the sound in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, uh, because you can, s- you can hear drops in the music and, like, higher sounds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If you listen closely on a very good system, you'll hear the, dro- the sounds drops. Uh, 
Here's the answer that Lucasfilm the, the Lucas gave. We're always impressed with how closely fans listen to the many different sound mixes we've made for the Star Wars movies over the years. It is flattering to know that, indeed, the audience is listening consequently. Each mix comes out differently, and any changes that you hear on an all-new Dolby Digital 5.1 Surround EX tracks on the Star Wars LG DVD set are deliberate creative decisions. We can confirm that there are no technical glitches as reported. Because, uh, because if you listen closely with a good surround sound system and a Dolby sound system, you'll really like hear the drops, the drops the and everything. around. It's, it's really, really disturbing. Mm-hmm. And because you're, not, you're used for watching those VHS copies mm-hmm. so many times to a certain like ways and the waves of the sounds but there you go what the hell was that that was a Minoc <laughs> flying by <laughs> That's a, you know uh, as for uh, continue with so the images so quality okay finish what yeah so, so basically that's you know it's like there's no glitch on your DVDs guys it's actually a wanted error mm-hmm. between brackets okay I, I will go to uh, the image quality I will get back to it in the change in the movie no I will tell it right now there's a guy I he sent us an email I don't uh, remember his name Mike something Mike something uh, I'm in the inbox go to the inbox Mike Verda yeah Mike Verda go to his website it's starwarslegacy.com I think and this guy is doing a project for himself he's redoing the original trilogy for him but he wanted to keep you know the uh, the first version you know with and solo shooting first etc but he's redoing it like Larry Digital did but for himself okay wow see you in 2025 yeah. but go to his website and, and he explain a lot of different what what you can see in the new Trilogy, how the effects uh, or the uh, how the software will help uh, treat the image beside the doing it manually destroyed so some of the image and the colors. He, he gave some example from the, the the not the VCDs but the laser disc compared to the yeah. the new one. How some colors were changed. How uh, less stars there were. The, the best the best example I can give is the same one I gave this morning. Mm-hmm. The uh, the cover the undercover of the, uh, the the capsule that the droids escape from. Oh God! <laughs> it it's such a bright blue. You have you're, you're really under the impression that someone went over and did this little blue oval in, in order to put like that's <laughs> it in order to put like something over something that was like not good. But it's actually blue in the original movies. Yeah, because they corrected the color. That's it. Yeah, yeah, which put it back to the way it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. But it's if, if supposed to be. But if yeah, Sebastian, mm-hmm. they say it's definitive. Give it a damn <laughs> fucking rest. You're going to have a fucking heart attack. <laughs> but if you Stop worrying about <laughs> it. But if you go to StarWarsLegacy.com, you can see uh, what the guy changed up to now. And he, uh, he explained how the, uh, the colors are treated and... Uh, how they destroy some of the image, probably b- b- if you read the editorials and everything, how they, they uh, probably a software just gone automatically through all the, the images and after uh, the human resources did frame by frame, but you see some color changes, the laser are, are less beautiful than they were uh, on the, uh, 
the laser disc, etc., etc., and he's redoing some of the some of the stuff. So just go to his website. Uh, we could uh, have we sh no. We oh, it's already in the web on the uh okay because we uh, I tried to get him uh, on the phone, but he, he didn't answer back. So uh, at least we uh, just go to his website, see his point of view, because for him uh, the DVDs is uh, like. Abomination, uh, you know, how do you say that? An abomination. Yeah. yeah. But it. actually, we, we do have a number for him, so... Oh, he's there. I don't know if he's there, but we're sure going to try and call him. Oh. And he's not in the chat room? He's not in the chat room, oh. so if you're listening, we're calling you. <laughs> and hopefully we're going to get you on the phone. Answering machine? No. Believe an answer. <laughs> I hope he's not sleeping. I'm not available, so leave a number and a message, and I'll call you back. There you go. We're just. Hi, Mike. This was Sebastian from uh, Star Wars on Direct. We were trying to call you to get you on the show, but uh, maybe we can uh, work on this for next time. Who knows? Yeah. Bye. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, the wonderful world of getting like people in within 20 minutes. Yeah. Like in the Star Wars hey 30. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, indeed. It's it's a really good website, and I really like some of the, 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 the changes comments he made, and yeah. the, com the comments he makes, and mm -hmm. it's, it's really good. I don't agree. This is definitive for me. <laughs> no, that's definitive for me also, but I, I, I'm not happy with some of the things, but... I agree, it's his version, eh. and that's it, you know? I respect him. We can't, we can't do anything about it, so... You know? George Lucas said, damn, and Solo doesn't shoot first, so they just close uh, the I gap. I disagree, but it's his vision. Yeah. It's his art. That's it. No, that's it. I disagree, but he just, since there was a lot of bitching about it, he just closed the gap. Between Greedos and and shooting, it's almost at the same time. So, no, no, they shot, they shoot at the same time. Yeah, let's anyway. be, <laughs> let's live in a fantasy. I, I, I don't think Greedo should have shot at all. He's <laughs> <laughs> that kind of guy. You don't know how to shoot. <laughs> Doesn't know how to shoot with those fingers. Come on, <laughs> play me. Give me you a really break. know that Greedo has to shoot first, or yeah. else you're screwed. The, the menus. The menus. I think they're. They're pretty well made. My favorite is the one uh, on art in the Wampa Cave when Luke is upside down. They just recreated. I haven't seen them all. Di digitally, the the movement of Luke, you know, reaching for his lightsaber, trying to get his feet out of the ice on the ceiling. Yeah, but it was from far away. You've seen all. Fr fr from the Wampa's point of view. Yeah, from <laughs> the Wampa's point of view. So it's really far away. But they all did it, you know, manually. So yep. it's. Uh, by digitally, I mean, but they're, they're really well done. They, they basically took scenes from the movie mm -hmm. and turned them into menus. Yeah, you see, uh, one of the scene is with uh, Han Solo and New Hope uh, in the Falcon. Yeah, he, it doesn't seem like it, but it's all digital. You see him walking until he's sitting down, and that's the scene from the movie. Yeah, at the point where he's sitting down. So the walk, Han Solo walking, it's all digital. It's really well done, you know. There are some that I, I don't really like. The Return of the Jedi menus are pretty simple. You see the the light toad, the, the worth thing. Uh, no, my favorite is Tatooine on uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, not me. 
the sail barge that, chapter that, that's, is beautiful. That's that's the best one of both because the, this the one with the Jabba's palace. I don't think it's pretty cool. Anyway, just go to each menu possible, uh, the option and everything. There's all kind of different menus, and just basically go on the internet. They're they're all there. Just uh, do a search on DVD menus, uh, Star Wars trilogy, uh, something, and everything's out there. Next, the changes. Now, yeah, my big thing is Anakin's ghost. I know it's a. For me, even if he explained it in the commentary, uh, he doesn't really explain uh, you know, it. He found a, he, he just found a reason to put Anakin there. Uh, I think it's a marketing move or you know to link both trilogy together uh, li- like they did in uh, by adding Jabba the Hutt in a, in a New Hope to binds the bind the three movies together you know the, the, tr- the classic trilogy I think it's the same move I you know why put Anakin nobody would have bitch about it if it was still uh, Sebastian no. Shaw no. You know, people know, okay, it's the Sebastian show, Anakin's getting old, and we didn't kind of recognize him, so that's that's no problem. But they decided to put Anakin, so they have to find a reason or something. The explanation is, is okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's decent. Be- it's decent, it's be- believable. But, you know, Luke is looking at the ghost and, what the hell is this guy? Who the hell is this guy? I'm sure he feels like it's, a, it's his father. No problem there. But, you know... I just think, you know, or people who are not fans of Star Wars, you know, we just see uh, Darth Vader dying as Sebastian Shaw, and they no. just go after that. I and think they, they, they should have changed it when he was in on in the, the shuttle. Suit. On the suit. In the shoot. Okay. They should have they reshot that. Mm-hmm. They could have done that. Yeah. Because... That would have showed... Like, you'd stick the makeup on mm-hmm. him. That's it. Because now... People who didn't see the prequel and they go by this, you see Sebastian Shaw dying, and who the hell is this guy? The person who didn't see the prequels, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, like, like uh, Brian said, just put the because uh, they th- take out Sebastian Shaw all the way, or you know, don't put both or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but maybe there's something legally or or, or that. He, they couldn't put out uh, Sebastian Shaw out of there because, because Hayden of the Christensen or, or is not credited at all. Yeah, that's it. It's still Sebastian Shaw on the uh, yeah. in the credits. So, and I've g- I went through the whole credits. He's not credited in, in mm-hmm. it at all, at all, at all. Mm-hmm. That's it. So uh, I don't know if his contract uh, was, you know, there. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to get Hoth here on uh, the DVD. I don't know if I can. Uh, try the ice cave? Yeah, try to go into sub-menus if you want. Yeah, probably in the option or sub-menus or something. Featurette or a chapter option or... Yeah, I know. Something like that. I always go to, I always go to Dagobah. <laughs> I never saw Dagobah. <laughs> Here he goes, bro. Here you go, Danny. <laughs> it's it's kind of boring. It's <laughs> like, this is Dagobah. It's kind of boring. It's a swamp, damn it's it. A swamp. And it's my DVD. That's it's your that's DVD it. on my computer. Yeah, that's it. On an iMac, you see Dagobah. On a PC, you see Art. <laughs> PC rules. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay, so yeah, is there an, uh, other changes that lightsabers? 
Yeah, there's in a new hope. They're they're thicker. Yeah, they don't disappear so easily anymore. In the Falcon, you get a couple of seconds. The the lightsabers, uh, the looks like sabers seems to be green. I, I think they should have just done it properly. Just yeah. do it once. Do it properly. I was wondering, is there someone on Lowry Digital? Was his first day at work, and during oh no, it's a guy who's totally not a Star Wars fan. No, he just looked at the color yeah. that was on the screen and edited the same color. No, but it. you know, a guy on his first day at work, he's now okay. He just did like like maybe three frame during his day at something work like or something like that, and he just. Change the the color inadvertently to green, and when they put the, oh, those 3D frame in, it's green. And <laughs> you know, I know I don't know why. The, no, the it's the light reflecting on the blade that changes the color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, come on. It's, it's uh, and the constant the the constant consistency consistency between lightsaber uh, in. The three movies are different. Yeah, uh, in episode one, in episode four, rather, they're really bad. Like they don't, con they're not consistent at all. But in the other, they're fine. Yeah. But I, I especially in New Hope, and yeah. New Hope is the worst of all of them all. But well, yeah, I, they, they I had I to develop the, the yeah. technology. I hate to see uh, Vader's lightsaber to be pink, and does yeah. not having a a, 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 a halo, a, a big halo, a red halo like Darth Maul's saber. Dark Maul you get the white and the red halo. It's I, very, it's yeah. very clear. Yeah, in in the classic trilogy, you got not a white center. You got a, you got a green or pink or something. That's yeah, yeah. That's something that could have they, they could have touched. Uh, something uh, is there? Something else? I think the voices in terms of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, that was a good change. I, 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 I don't know. I'd like to seriously. That's one thing I'd like to ask Jeremy Bullock. Uh -huh. What do you think of those changes? You got Rob, man. He, wa he <laughs> wasn't even his voice in the first yeah, place. Yeah, that's a. So he doesn't much care. I don't think. Mm. Still. Um, moving on. Yep. Extras and, com and commentaries. Mm -hmm. I think the uh, the commentaries are cool, but. Uh, a lot of things that are mentioned, you can you can you can see them in the Empires of Dream. They're, they explain a lot of things in Empire of Dream, and they come back on cer certain things in the uh, the audio commentaries. Uh, there's a lot of Ben Burt insight on creating sound that are not on the uh, Empires of Dream or any other feature that's cool, but. Sometimes I would have liked that some other actors were there because it was always about sound and how he made this sound and how he made this sound. Yeah, it's cool to know, but you want to have uh, other points of view, you know. So, but it's it, the commentaries are great. So I listened to to it at least one time. Uh, I saw Empires of Dream first, so most of the commentaries. Made more sense. Uh, yeah, made more sense, or are I already add heard them? So. Okay, you actually got the information before. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I'm at I'm at my fifth time watching Empire of Dreams now. Okay. Wow, I, I watched it on Amy, and then I have I didn't watch it again because mm -hmm. it's it's still a two two hour and a half documentary. Mm -hmm. that's yeah, that's a movie. In I itself. would have liked to see it the second time before the show, but I didn't have time, so. That's it's 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 even longer or almost as long mm -hmm. as a Star Wars movie. Yeah, just maybe mention 
what's inside the Empires of Dream documentary? Um, oh, it's a story of how Star Wars got made. I don't want to say that. Especially after reading that nice little article in Hyperspace. Uh, they made an article with the, uh, the producer of uh, that uh that I disagree. That it, it is exactly the story of Star Wars from A to Z. From A, from no, a New Hope to no, Return from a New Hope to Return of the Jedi. I'd say 1985. Yeah, 1997. Till I was born. How's that? I'll feel very self-important <laughs> at this point. Not till I okay, was born. okay, until you were born. <laughs> but the uh, I don't know. It's. I really like yeah, it's, Empire it's a of profile Dreams. of George Lucas also. You see yeah. Him, yeah. you see him all the the trials and tribulations. It's more, it's more the story he, he of George Lucas yeah. than the story of Star Wars. But uh, at the start, but yeah. w- uh, as soon as he begins Star Wars, it's episode by episode, you know. Yeah, but then what's been in his life since he began Star Wars? You really want to talk about Howard the Duck? No. About the Christmas special? Is it you don't they didn't mention that in the Empire no, of Dreams. They don't mention it? that at Emperor all. <laughs> Some why. <laughs> yeah. But it's cool. You, you see uh, how the film industry sees him at some point and all, oh, the, fine, all, all the fines he got before because he didn't put the, uh, the cre- uh, some credit at the start of the movie uh, and something with the, the director's guild and blah, blah, blah. And he did a good move by... Financing Empire and Return of, Jedi of the Jedi with his Himself. own money. Yeah, that's yeah. basically it. It's a great that documentary. The indie, l- the little indie movie that could. Yeah, that's and became exactly what it is. Yeah. So like he, so <coughs> he, he looked. He started out indie, and now he has become big. He yeah. is. He he fought the man and didn't. And respect the man, mm-hmm. and now he is the man. Yeah, in order to become the man, you have to beat the man, and he trashed the man, so now <laughs> he's the man. Like he's, I think George Lucas said, I've become what I've hated. Exactly. What I didn't want to become. Yeah. Or what I didn't want. Right? Blah, yeah. you know what I've mean. always fought. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so, like Sebastian said, basically, uh, just this documentary is worth the buy, so. Yeah. Of the box set. Very uh, honestly, it's. It's a must-have. Episode three: Return of Darth Vader, the featurette. It's the all the fighting was seen in the uh, marketing video that was leaked, most of it, but in better quality. But you have the the product production of the Vader costume and everything. Yeah, that plus the marketing video is like wow. That's all I need to know before. Mm-hmm. So like the, that before the trailer, that's almost like the trailer mm-hmm. for me. That was cool seeing the the people, the emotion when Darth Vader go goes on the on the set. Yeah. Before, like uh, after that, there's characters of Star Wars. That was a cool thing because it shows the future. It shows that the the original trilogy is based on the characters and not a story. Why people like Star Wars is because of the characters and not necessarily the story. Uh, Peter, Peter Jackson says the same thing. He, he made the re- reference to uh, Lord of the Rings, saying, "If Tolkien didn't make." Likeable characters, the, the story would uh, wouldn't have gone as far as it has. Yeah, that's it. So that's I think what lacks in the prequels right now is the the deep characterization of the, the of the characters of, of the characters right. now. Yeah, I think if people aren't aren't taking movies what they are, that's yeah. just me. Anyway, 
that's a cool. Uh, they explain uh, how they, they they decided to make uh, characters and everything. Who are we calling now? Okay. Who you are you we you talking? Go on. Okay. <laughs> Birth of the lightsaber. It explains. Uh, not much. Not much. You know. Uh, uh, he, but he explained uh, why the speed of the fight are different. You know. Yeah, it's basically like an excuse. Okay, guys. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, that's why. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, that's it. In the in the new hopes, that's because it's an old man and a guy in an armor, and the, you know he's more machine than man. He's and more like. Yeah. He's more like he's in a wheelchair. So, so it's more like, you know, a slow fight. Yeah, yeah. And he goes on and on, and Luke getting better. Yeah, and then in Power Strikes Back, it was just a little kid against this. Against a guy in a wheelchair, basically. Yeah. And then the last one, it's well, a Jedi Luke Knight against, against Vader. That Vader is an old guy in a suit and an armor. So but he also has the Emperor. Yeah. As his backup. Yeah. And you explain now. Now in the prequel, it's the the prime days of the Jedi. Everybody is well, well trained in, in yeah, lightsaber yeah. fighting, so it's really fast and everything. So it, it's a, you know, and at the end you get two bloopers. You got the the. Uh, the reference to uh, the Simpson and the uh, Futurama. Yeah, uh, you get two uh, clips of that. And in the first uh, characters of Star Wars, also there's a blooper. Uh, I don't know uh, what, it, what it was. Uh, I think uh, when they were in the the, the net, when Chewie just uh, yeah. on Andor, there was a, yeah. a blooper on the, of that. Uh, the forces with them, legacy of Star Wars. This one I like because you see the point of view of the different directors and producer. How yeah. Star Wars influenced yeah. their filmmaking. <laughs> I see uh, Emmerich who did Alien. Uh, is it Emmerich? Or I think so. Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Yeah. And he said, I almost cried or... I. Uh <laughs> Why? <laughs> he <laughs> said, Ridley Scott. You know, he, he said I was totally depressed. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, and everything. And every it shows how Lucas changed the industry. Yeah, you know? he did. That's a really cool uh, feature. Uh, um, what else is there on there? There's um, the bloopers. I, I haven't seen the bloopers yet. Okay. I haven't been able to access it. Yeah. Now on the on the on the DVD ROM, you, you, you will explain it. But uh, on the DVD ROM, you get to go to the f uh, any featurette of the documentary started, and go uh, right click on the screen, go to titles, go to 38. Oh, I can do that uh, now. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. Or just go on the internet, you know, search for bloopers, uh, Star Wars trilogy DVD. Yeah, what I found um, re that really pissed me off about these uh, DVD ROM link. Now it says that you it is that um, some of these DVD enhanced features will not work on a Mac. Oh, some. So I installed Interactual. Mm -hmm. They've come out with a Mac version. Cool. So I installed it. it I work? click on the r DVD ROM link. Does not work. I'm doing it, or as they wrote, have me how to do it. It will not work. <laughs> I have now. Was this four plus the six? I have like I've bought all the Star Wars DVDs so far. Mm -hmm. Now for Episode One, they did. They they let they they worked on it and they made it so that the Mac users could mm -hmm. still get on. But they there's nothing like I still get the same default page. Come on, guys! Uh, How th many? Th there's not, there's no content right now for that link. <laughs> like they can at least tell me that. <laughs> and like, I, 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 and I'm already I a hyperspace member, so I should already be getting it. 
Thank you very much. Probably, yeah. Actually, one of the really sad things I I tumbled around is that in order to actually access the content of StarWars.com, you have to install Interactual Player. You cannot access it from Power DVD or another uh, another DVD player. And FYI, Interactual is crap. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that. VLC is free Mm -hmm. and is ten times the player it is. Interactual, on my computer, which is like the, the, the best... Like, one of the best computers I have at home is my laptop, mm. and it's only P2. I got a P4. I haven't installed Interactual because I don't want crap on that P4. So, I installed Interactual in the DVD uh, on my uh, on my laptop. Interactual will not play because there is some problem with the resolution and everything. You go to their website to find some help on how to fix it. No help whatsoever. <laughs> They are crap. Interactual player. If you, if anyone is listening to us tonight, you are crappy. <laughs> it's that. That's how You're it's crappy. Sad. Get over it. It's just live with it. I mean, it's really, really bad. I I will have to to uh, try it on this computer because it has interactual on this one. I don't want to put it on my laptop. <laughs> no. Don't save your laptop. Mm. Don't do I it. Ha- I have two DVD players on my laptop and I am very happy with, w- with both of them. VLC and Apple DVD player, fine I with me. I will have to install VLC. It has... Uh, oh, Jeff, thank you. No, I'm not going to buy a Mac. You already have a Mac. Oh, no, I'm not going to buy a PC. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> ha 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 No, yes. that, that's me laughing On that parody uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, My Mac works very well guys Thank you very much And there uh, there's something in the video game And still gallery that Kind of I kind of <laughs> I kind of caught uh, In the presentation There's There's a There's a not an animation, but uh, how do you say that? A cutscene or something, and you see Anakin <laughs> in, a, in a fight scene, and he throws his lightsaber and he catches it back. So probably we'll see that in Episode Three. You know, it's he's throwing it. Oh, like in Jedi Knight, the thing of the game, yeah. Yeah, uh, like in Jedi Knight. Uh, I don't think so. And we'll probably see, see that in the Episode Three. And remember, in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Vader throws his lightsaber. We don't see him get getting it back on screen, but he walks and he already has his lightsaber in his hand, and he lights it back. So there may be a reference there. There you go, little link. Yeah. And for those people, I'm sorry, I totally forgot to mention it in the hyperspace segment. But for those of you who are spoiler full, no, no, no just don't say it. Take a good Question. take a good look at that documentary. That's all. Okay. That's all I'll say. Okay, Don't yeah, say yeah, yeah. shit like that, man. <laughs> no, no, but <laughs> you screw with people. I know. It's no, it's there's the original script passing by in the yeah in in the in Empire, Empire of Dreams. Dreams. Just read it. So that's it. <laughs> if you there's really no want. There's no spoiler there. Um. <laughs> no, we have to read the. We we got some email about that. So we've got some email, but first uh, we got someone who to oh. call. Okay. Is that the number? No, that's not a good one. Okay. So I gotta redial. Let's all have the fun of this thing. There we go. There you go. He knows we're calling? Yes, he does. Okay. I warned him earlier. 
Hi, may we speak with Robbie, please? Yes, ma'am. Oh, this is Robbie, okay. D don't listen to the show on the PC, just on the phone. Right. <laughs> I didn't turn the volume down. Okay. It's Robbie from Star Wars and Beyond, the, uh, the new radio show. It's Leandar? Yeah. yeah. That's it. Okay. Uh, hi, Robbie. Hello. This is Danny. So you have some comments about the uh, the main subject? Sure. I um I thought they were I thought they were real good. Mm-hmm. I um <coughs> I'm not sure about the the uh, cover. Mine's held up pretty well. I don't may, maybe I got a better quality one down here. I don't know, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe we we'll always get cheap. <laughs> we always Canada. get cheap track. <laughs> That's it. Well, that's just rotten luck, isn't it? Now, I don't know the uh, collector that you're talking about. When I got my movie, I've got here a... Oh, let me get it here. It's a lithograph. Oh. It, it's, it's, a, it's a certificate of authenticity, Star Wars trilogy. Exclusive limited edition lithograph. Four, A New Hope. Five, Empire Strikes Back. Six, Return of the Jedi. It's thirty-seven ninety-nine out of seventy-five hundred issued September two thousand four. Cool. You, you got that with your box set? Yeah. Oh, what happened to our papers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did you order it by Star Wars shop or something? No, I um. It, well, it's got a Lucasfilm Hastings. That's probably what it is. It um. There's a local records. I don't know if you. It um. Uh, There's a local record store down here, and I ordered it from them. Okay. And uh, well, maybe it's some <laughs> something that has to do with those guys. I don't yeah. know. But, but well, you <laughs> we got uh, always we always get the bad side of the deal here. So. <laughs> well, I thought I lived. I, I thought I thought I lived in the tail end of getting the you know the sci-fi stuff and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> And uh, how did you like the uh, the quality uh, of the the movies uh, and the uh, the uh, extras, the bonus material? Well, uh, the movies. Oh man, I was blown away by the movies. Yeah, the quality. Yeah, I've never seen them look so good mm -hmm. as they did on this DVD. The only gripe I had, and it's probably because of my player. Okay. Just as where Tarkin says terminate her immediately, mm -hmm. it freezes. Oh. And it completely, my my DVD player will not play past that spot. You have to actually skip to the next chapter. Is there a scratch on the DVD or something? No, it's not. And the bad thing about it is this is my third set. Oh. Because I thought it was a bad DVD. Went back and exchanged it, got another one. Went back the next day, did it again. and Maybe it, your player. Is it uh, on a DVD-ROM or a normal DVD player? Um, in my case, it was both. It was both? Because I know that some, uh, for episode 2, some LG uh, DVD-ROM couldn't play the episode 2 DVD. Yeah. Or something I mean, like that. Yeah, at the same time, it, uh, my, my computer will play DVDs. It won't burn them or anything like that. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just a CD burner player, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so it'll play it, but yeah, it froze right there too. Oh. But it, it, And I asked some people on message board for a while there, right after that, right after the kit release, and it, they all said it was probably a layer change that my DVD couldn't read. And what annoyed me was I took him to a friend's house, let them see it over the week, over that weekend, and it played right through it. 
Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh! <laughs> Lucasfilm uh, just hacked into you, your computer or something. <laughs> Telling you. I'm getting too much stuff from George, I think. That's what it's going to be. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Robbie. You can plug your show if you want. What? Oh, just... Uh, Uh, do you have any other comments about the DVD? Well, yeah, like I said, this, this, this is the, uh, I think this is the best release. Mm -hmm. I think they, they cleaned up a lot of stuff, cleared up a, a few things. I think, uh, I, know, I know a lot of people hate the fact that Hayden is the ghost, but I think it's, I think it's a lot better. Mm -hmm. I, think it, I think it makes more sense. Okay. Because even when I was a kid, I never bought Sebastian Shaw because he looked like Luke's grandfather. Okay. <laughs> And, I thought the extras were great, and you know, all around, I think it was everything was a worthwhile buy. Cool. Uh, before we let you go, uh, you can plug your uh, your radio show. <laughs> yes, the radio show is Star Wars and Beyond, and I've come up with a with a uh, tag. It is the official, always off-topic Star Wars Internet radio show. Okay. <laughs> you cool. can find it at uh, www.starwarsfanworks.com. That's cool. Thanks a lot, Robbie. All right, thank you. We hope to uh, hear you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. There you go. There you go. That was Lindar from the chat room. Yes. And now I'm going to read through all 72 emails we've received. What? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got Charles, Lily. Uh, hi, I just wanted to give my thoughts on DVDs for your upcoming show. When I first heard they were going to release the original trilogy on DVD, I didn't think it was going to bother to I was going to bother to buy it. Just like when Episode One DVD came out, I figured I was I already had a VHS copy, and I would just wait until they came out with the box set of the whole saga in 2007, which is what most people have been predicting. Mm -hmm. But just like uh, like when the Episode One DVD came out. They had all these cool extras on it, so I had to get them. Furthermore, being the nerd that I am, I waited in line at Best Buy in the Washington, D.C. area where I live to buy the trilogy at midnight. That was a lot of fun. A local radio station came out to cover it, and of course, the 501st Garrison Tyrannus, the Virginia Garrison, was there as well. As for the DVDs themselves, they look great. I don't think they're, they're, they've ever looked this good even in the theaters. Everything looks sharper and crisper than ever. But this is also a double-edged sword, so to speak. The new version looks so goof, the mate lines also stand out more than ever. I find it strange that with all the work they put into making these DVDs look good, that there are still blaring red squares around the TIE Fighters <laughs> during the Death Star escape in New Hope. Hopefully, they'll fix those for the box set. And in all fairness, they did a good job for cleaning up the Rancor shots in Jedi. I was impressed when, with, with that. As for the new changes, I'm probably one of the few people who actually likes them Greedo shooting first aside. I like about 90% of the changes Lucas has made. I think they do make the film look better and add to the continuity of the entire saga. I know a lot of people gripe about them, but it is, it is, it is his movie. He can do whatever he wants with them, plus I've never heard anyone complain about the destruction of Alderaan or Death Star shots. Except until tonight. <laughs> as good as an actor Sebastian Shaw was in the movie... Uh, in the grand scheme of the saga, he was only in, in it for two minutes as Anakin. It's important that, but at the same time, you don't have the same emotional investment that you do with Aiden, whom you've seen as Anakin for two entire movies. That being said, there are also some changes that I have issues with. Like everyone else, I was never too keen on Grio shooting first. I understand that Lucas wants to soften Han's solo characters. That's rather debatable. But that point aside, the read on scene never looked good. 
if they had filmed an alternate version of that scene back in 1975, that would be the one. That would be one thing. But is as and still does look like someone essentially photoshopped the end of that scene together. It's never looked. It's never quite looked right. And until they can create a, a scene where perhaps hand dogs the first shot and kicks the table over, giving him a clear shot at Greedo, it will always look awkward. Especially since this table seems to be bolted to the <laughs> ground. <laughs> Another issue I have is the use of Timur Morrison's voice for Boba Fett. Yes, it's a nice touch for continuity, but its delivery is so off from the original Fett's voice, it's distracting. Honestly, it sounds like he phoned it in. (laughs) 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 They could have at least had him try to approximate the same tone and cadence of the original voice. Also, they really need to go back and rescore these films. All the changes they made to the film has knocked out the soundtrack out of rhythm with a lot of scenes, which, as we mentioned, like earlier are made purposefully the they need to go back and at least redo the music with headed scenes shot in, instead of just repeating the certain parts of the score this would also give John Williams a chance to incorporate pieces of the Imperial March into A New Hope now having said all this I do think Lucas needs to release the unaltered versions of the film if for no other reason than to show the original trilogy the trilogy as he claims is the only one he intended to make the way it was originally seen I think it if he did that, maybe for the 30th anniversary, he could make all the changes he wanted to. And most fans would be happy. Anyway, those are my thoughts for what they're worth. If you have any questions or wish to discuss further during the show, it would be blah, blah, blah. He will be in the, ch- in the, in the chat room. There you go. So, Brian, Death Star Escape and New Hope, there are the squares. So you know where they are now. Where? <laughs> Death Star Escape. Where? And then New Hope. Where? <laughs> Where? When? Next. I refuse to no- acknowledge the <laughs> What? When there? If I don't, if they're not there, they're not there. <laughs> oh, there you go. can't see them if they're not there. See, we, we have Jared is actually speaking of those boxes. I have a question of why in my DVDs I have light boxes around all my ships and that star. Like they were glued onto the screen. It's rather annoying and I was wondering why they were there. Well, Jared. Uh, Jared is. It's uh, Jeff, no? I don't know. No? I don't believe so. It's someone else. Okay, no, it's not the same. Okay. And, well, Jared, to answer your question, basically, when they did the special editions, they re. They redid the, the TIE Fighter. They recolored the, 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 the movies in order. Like, th- when they restored the movies, they did the space back around the ships. However, when they first like did the ships on the screen back in 1977, they had they had to use those square made paintings in in order to put them in so that it wouldn't look too crazy mm-hmm. and look good. And it did look good back in 1977. However, when they redid the movies for the special editions, they didn't actually work their way really that well into going be between each stars and TIE fighter wings and putting the same space color. Mm-hmm. So that made them came out. And if you're lucky enough to actually own the Star Wars trilogy on VHS, uh, not the version that came out before Episode 2, but a version that came out before Episode 1, which is actually the special edition, mm-hmm. the okay. one in the same silver box mm-hmm. as this one for yeah. widescreen versions, on the second disc, I believe, you see uh, some of the guys explaining exactly 
why did it those change and how did it those changes mm -hmm. if you are lucky enough to have one of the early like the THX version for it, for instance you can have one last time version the one last time version mm -hmm. if you take a good look at uh, the uh, at Luke Skywalker going for the AT, AT ATs you can see the shadow of the AT-AT actually going through the cockpit okay yeah of the, uh, the cockpit frame. frame yeah that's why you know that's some of the works they did and when they did those work, it just like amplified the TIE Fighter little squares. So that's why you got those nice little squares showing up now. That's hey. it. Shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> the DVD slipcover comment by uh, Spix623. Spix I love the artwork for Star Wars Trilogy. My complaint is that the slipcover was made very weak. I was hoping for a hardbound slipcover like the one made for the Indiana Jones Trilogy. I'm hoping <laughs> that they did make a hardbound cover slip for the Trilogy... Or one com complete slipcover for the entire saga. Hopefully, they will. Mm. Uh, just to just sell a box. We can put our DVD in it. <laughs> there you go. You sell a box with episode 3. So we can fill in episode 1, 2, 4, four 5, five six, 6. And the extras. Yeah. <laughs> they do that with anime all the time. So <laughs> why not do it with Star Wars episode 3? I purchased the DVDs, um, says Mar Marshall Cratcher from Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, because I'm a rabbit fan and I will constantly purchase whatever George Lucas sells. That said, however, I consider the real version of the, of the trilogy to be an unaltered pre-1997 version. I purchased a TH Edge version circa 1996 on Laserdisc. Even though it did, I did not own a Laserdisc player, nor do I own one now, I purchased these in order to have a copy of the original trilogy that would hopefully last forever. The VHS version I will certainly wear out or degrade at some point. Since I don't have a VCR hooked up in my home anymore, they're basically useless anyway. You know, they're just like... Door stops. Yeah. <laughs> picking up dust on shelves. Uh, the VHS hey, they're doing something then. That's it. The VHS <laughs> versions I have... Was really, uh, I plan to have the Laserdisc version dubbed onto DVD at some point. The video will, no, will not be as good as DVD, but will be better than VHS. The audio will only be two-channel Dolby Surround, but that's fine with me as well, especially since that's how the movie are sounded originally, at least in Dolby-equipped theaters. Just wanted to give you uh, to give you my comments. Sales figures for the DVD do not demonstrate the public's acceptance of the new version as the gospel, but rather demonstrates the public love for all things Star Wars, mm -hmm. especially with those kind of sales. Mm -hmm. That was nice. 158 millions oh something like that I in, didn't the, know in the, the first numbers. couple of days wow go to the digitalbits.com and check it out I just saw on TV that you, it was number one selling uh, last week yeah still still yeah. Tarrant Thompson hey guys one thing that that really irritates me are the inconsistency of the lightsaber in all three films <laughs> in A New Hope Luke's lightsaber is green green what the hell is up with that how could George let, let that slip by in the other two films the lightsaber just looked crappy for, in, for example the flight scene in uh, Return of the Jedi when lightsabers cross in front of the Emperor, it looks just terrible. It, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I watch it, I can't get past the lightsaber. It just sickens me. There you go, Tarin. That was Tarin's comment. Um, uh, she's right, but it, I, I think it looks more whitish. Top selling DV, top selling selling discs on the uh, September twenty fifth, two thousand four. Yeah, but Star Wars trilogy number one. Can you find out how much? Oh, there I was. Continue with the emails. We're yeah. already Keep over time. Going. We, we actually have, yeah, have uh, Martin to have. Uh, we only have one more. DiscreetFam at AOL.com. That was your email. That was stupid of me. <laughs> I'm very confused with the Empire DVD. Puppetine tells me that the young rebel who blew up the Death Star is no doubt the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. 
Vader says, how is this possible? Now, in the opening scroll it says, Vader obsessed with finding young Skywalker as has dispatched thousands of probes into the far reaches of space. Vader acts surprised when the Emperor reveals information to him, thus implying that Vader did not know he had a son. It strikes me kinda odd that the Emperor seems to be breaking news to him. Wouldn't it strike Vader as odd that someone named Skywalker blew up the Death Star? Isn't that the reason he was obsessed with finding him? Is it a continuity problem? Has it really ruined my favorite movie I of all time? I think there's an explanation for that now. Uh, the, the scrolling text Vader is pursuing the young Skywalker is meant for us the yes. audience so Vader doesn't necessarily know it's a Skywalker that blew up the Death Star yeah. now why Vader could be surprised is a spoiler on yeah. episode 3 yeah. because something happens and something else happens and then and it ends and then it ends but it could be explained in, in episode <laughs> it will be explained in episode 3 Right. Yeah. So I'm the, not the, the say too much. Yeah, that's the the what. Uh, that's why Vader is surprised that he has offspring. Basically. Right. Yes. Is that a good explanation? Makes that's sense. That's a good explanation. That's it. Sorry if if we can go into detail. I there's probably people uh, like Wookie Martin the chat that don't want to have <laughs> spoilers. Any more detail? That's yeah, that. that's it. So uh, we'll keep it at that. Yeah, that's it. See episode three. I'm sure. He no, really. I, I'm sure he or we uh, or she will go uh, see it. Right. Yes. So uh, that's all our our emails. Do, do we have to? Do we have to? <laughs> do we have to? Yes. There you go. Do we have other uh, comments? Uh, no, we're all done with the emails. So we'll be calling Martin now, and we'll talk a little bit about. Star Wars Galaxy Jump to Lightspeed. Yay! I'm gonna try and get like those images back. Oh, hi Sabrina, who just like walked into the chat yeah. room. Mikael is there too. Yeah. I don't care about so Mikael. So, uh, <laughs> oh, with Mark's reverse program, so... Uh, I, I can't see it, can you... Uh, okay. It's really fun. It would be a W. What mark. the? F- <laughs> what? Talk to him often? <laughs> no. <laughs> Talk. <laughs> no, just that Danny has George Lucas' phone number. <laughs> like in what? <laughs> his, his address book. Martin. Hey. Hey, guy. How you doing? Pretty good. Okay, we're listening to the show. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you're a beta tester. On Star Wars Galaxy Jump to Lightspeed. So you have some, uh, since the game was supposed to come out uh, on October 27th, and it's basically will not come out that date. uh, Actually, I don't know. Okay. Um, I I don't have a very strong feeling that it will come out on the 27th, but that's not for me to decide. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, uh, can you describe us uh, what is Jump to Lightspeed? What are you beta testing? What are the problems right now? And finish with the rumor you heard about uh, Star Wars Galaxies. Okay. Well, um, right now um, we're we're in the uh, pretty much the last beta testing phase because uh, usually when I get involved with the beta testing, I'm usually one of the last people to actually see the product before it actually winds up on the. Uh, 
you know, I'm not like a big, I'm not a very advanced beta tester, so basically we just help out with the finishing touches, you know, okay. making sure that spelling is okay and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and uh, making sure that the quests and campaigns uh, that the players can go through uh, are going to work not too bad. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem right now is that these things are working pretty good, you know, is sometimes you have to go out and hunt down TIE fighters and there aren't any TIE fighters to be found. <laughs> in a period where the Empire is pretty much set up everywhere, you know, especially orbiting Corellia. Uh, I mean, even though Corellia has disassociated itself from uh, the Empire, you know, Imperial presence is always there. Mm -hmm. It's not a rebel stronghold per se. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are a few inconsistencies like that that are a little annoying, you know. Uh, so if you're a rebel trying to hunt some TIE fighters, it's a little hard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, other than that, we have to play test, you know, uh, um, like uh, the, uh, we have to be people with different types of machines just to make sure that the um, the compu uh, our computers uh, mo uh, to check variations, you know, how mm -hmm. many different variations of computers can host can hold this game, mm -hmm. and how many, uh, you know, uh, what are the best possible solutions to find to make sure that. Pretty much everybody has a good experience with the game. Okay. Because there are as many different types of computers out there as there are users, basically, mm -hmm. because no computer is exactly the same. You were telling us this morning that story-wise everything was pretty okay, but it was technical problems. Yeah, that pretty much. Um, it's you have to understand that in the basic standard game, all you had to deal with were the uh, you're in a 3D environment. But your character was only moving on two of those axes, the mm -hmm. X and um, y. y axis, mm -hmm. uh, as far as looking from a sky view, you know, in a map, mm -hmm. uh, on a map, you're, mo you're moving on uh, the X and you're positioned according to the X and Y mm -hmm. uh, variables. In space, you have the Z factor, the third dimension that's mm -hmm. added, which is a little insane, you know, and I don't know, the, I'm, I'm not a professional for coding or anything, but... Um, It's not, it, it wasn't working last week, and the week before that, it was. A, it made for a really um, bad experience <laughs> as far as playing in space. Um, you know, you, I won't, it's hard to explain clearly, but uh, imagine you're hunting in your you're hunting a starfighter in your own in your own starship, and all of a sudden the starfighter starts acting like a mad fly, flying in every direction, but whatever should be logical <laughs> you know there's there's a thing called vector thrust mm -hmm. in the, and it's becoming more and more applied in science fiction um, uh, the, the ones who actually established that the best were the uh, there was a TV show called Babylon 5 a few mm -hmm. years back yeah. and they established the concept of vector thrust for starfighters mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, extremely realistic and actually when uh, Lucasfilm redid the special editions they sort of worked that idea into the TIE fighters mm -hmm. so you see uh, I'll take an example in the New Hope sequence when they're uh, attacking the Death Star you see the TIE fighters drift a whole lot mm -hmm. more than they used to in the old version you know it was more they were fighting more like airplanes mm -hmm. uh, so the movement was pretty much like airplanes shooting it up but they're in space and you know it's pretty easy to change your your attitude thrust in space with a few uh, like normally you do that with uh, thrusters and jet thrusters mm -hmm. uh, positioned specifically 
all along the fuselage. The, the the shuttle has that, you know. They have adjustment thrusters to flip the shuttle around and everything, so mm -hmm. they don't have to waste a lot of time um, going through a big arc just to change the heading of the ship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, well, uh, in Star Wars, they're I don't know, I guess they tried to work that into the game, but it wasn't working until early this morning when I logged on. Uh, it was finally, it, it was my first good experience in, uh, in a dogfight in space uh, in the past week. And it, it was reminiscent of the X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter games uh, you said? Yes, uh, as far as, like, uh, technically speaking, there are problems. There always are in games like these. Um, Artistically and aesthetically speaking, uh, I think it's definitely uh, uh, a hit right on target. Uh, it's really beautiful. Uh, you get the feel for it. You even got the uh, the, the same feeling when you ha when you look at the canopy when you're inside when you're in a first person view inside your cockpit. Mm -hmm. You see pretty. M you get the same feel when you're playing X-wing and Tie Fighter. Okay. It's the same grainy feeling. You know, not necessarily very clean. Mm -hmm. Look inside of a starfighter, uh, so it's pretty cool. Um, so as far as visually, uh, the game is very reminiscent. You actually, they actually kept the same radar system you had in X-wing and Tie Fighter. That's nice. <laughs> so, yeah. So anybody who's played X-wing and Tie Fighter, they will totally feel at home with the radar system. And you can actually play with a joystick. You said yes. <laughs> yes, that is totally it. And the uh, the last update, which was Thursday, I think, they fixed the joystick issue because it was another technical problem that was pretty nasty. So uh, I was getting a little depressed uh, by the end of the week because nothing was happening, basically. They had asked us to do some stress tests for the server, which meant, like, we we're going to go on the server a bunch of people at a time and just insane combat. <laughs> cool. It was actually the most fun I'd ever had playing Star Wars Galaxies ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was extremely violent. Uh, we were running around all over the galaxy just shooting up stuff, just to see how far we could push the server until it crashed. Mm -hmm. And then four, within four hours, we actually crashed it five times. So okay. <laughs> we had fun. <laughs> um, but uh, as far as the space expansion goes... That's why, well, you see, that's, uh, I was telling you that uh, I felt a little depressed last, uh, by the end of the week, because it wasn't, nothing was happening, it wasn't going anywhere, and uh, I couldn't even finish my missions, the flight system was so screwed up, <laughs> but um, I, I don't know, this morning, uh, it was reassuring to me to see that some work had been done, so I guess some people have been burning the midnight oil and everything, um, so it's good to know, you know. Uh, people are still hard at work uh, for it, and if they actually do release by the 27th, then I guess there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, all-nighters over at Sony Online Energy <laughs> just to get the product out, you know. Making patches and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Repairing code and rethinking stuff yeah. and everything. Last minute. Uh, as of now, uh, as a beta tester, when would you think it would come out? The, the well, if I use my experiences for the base game, An mm -hmm. Empire Divided, which was the ground version of the game that came out a little over a year ago, mm -hmm. um, I I'd give it another two months. Okay. Easy. So for Christmas. Make sure that nothing actually comes out and bites you on the ass okay. as far as being a server and stuff. Um, because otherwise, because a lot of people have walked away 
with a sour taste in their mouth mm -hmm. from the Star Wars Galaxies experience because mm -hmm. of a lot of reasons. There are uh, there are many reasons as you can imagine, and um, I don't know. It's just a little hard to swallow because, of course, these games you you have to pay a monthly fee mm -hmm. playing these games. So of course you're going to be um, bitchy and you're going to scream and yell when something is not going right. You know. Mm -hmm. Because you want, you're paying for something. You expect at least a, a, a minimum, you know. Because mm -hmm. it's supposed to be, f you, you're paying this money every month to be able to enjoy your situation mm -hmm. and everything. Of course, part of that is, depends on you choosing who you play with. Because as I've said before, time and time and time again, role playing is all about who you role play with. Mm -hmm. uh, the game itself, the software itself, is just a tool to get you into a situation where you can actually role play. Mm -hmm. Uh, so at that point, it's all about choosing your pe the people you play with. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, uh, if the setting is just a little too off the mark, then it gets weird. You know? Okay. Uh, so we, we can go by uh, with that uh, with the the rumor or the disappointment of the general game from the fans. Excuse me. <laughs> Did okay. you run that by me again? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, the rumor. Yeah, yeah okay. we, we can go with the rumor and yeah, okay. the, the, the uh, disappointment well, you know, of I, some uh, fans. Being in the beta testing, we are, we're all in a uh, special um, forum, mm -hmm. uh, forum discu discussion group to talk about the game and everything. And somebody posted a message that, because usually I'm not a big fan of forums and everything, because I basically have better time to do. Uh, I don't want to criticize people on the forums, but for me it's not a priority. Um, so anyway, I run into I run across this rumor that apparently LucasArts is uh, pretty much dissatisfied by what Sony Online Entertainment has done with the game uh, so far. Uh, meaning? Meaning that you know they've infringed on a lot of continuity uh, rules. Um, I'll remind everybody who's not aware that uh, Star Wars Galaxies, the setting, is between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. That being said, there should be one aging Jedi, one uh, failed Jedi, and one self-proclaimed Jedi. You know, mm -hmm. that's pretty much it as far as the movies go. Mm -hmm. And the uh, if you look into the expanded universe, there should be a little more than that, but mm -hmm. a handful, not that much more. Mm -hmm. Not guilds and leagues and teams of Jedi running around the place, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what the case is right now. There's, pro there's probably aca uh, Jedi academies out there. Of those, yeah. <laughs> Martin. I actually witnessed a football game involving dark side Jedi and light side Jedi. They're about 22 on each side, and they were going at each other like crazy. <laughs> But Martin, why isn't Vader there killing them, massacring them? Well, that's what I would do, you know, like too many Jedi. Well, actually, they leave that to the player bounty hunters. What? Hey, player bounty hunters, that I want to be a Jedi, I'm going to go hunt other Jedi. <laughs> yeah, actually, the, the you, you'd be surprised. Uh, good bounty hunters player, good bounty hunter players can actually nuke a Jedi pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, Jedis have a lot of French Jedi with them now, so that's not a... Not as easy as before? <laughs> no, you know, it's not very easy, of course, but, you know, a good bounty hunter will wait for the right time. Okay. Because the bounty hunter knows who he's hunting, but the guy being hunted doesn't necessarily know who's hunting him. Okay. So that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he'll wait for you to be in a corner and something, you know, be treacherous, as they should be, you okay. know. 
But that being said, it's just not, I mean, we're talking about uh, continuity here. It, uh, and there's so many games out there to play uh, Jedi's mm -hmm. that why did they have to actually infringe on that? Now, the rumor being uh, that's one of the reasons LucasArts is not mm -hmm. happy about the way, uh, well, this is all speculation, by the way. It's a rumor, mm -hmm. so nothing is founded. This all started about a little over a month ago when uh, somebody, <laughs> when somebody um, uh, noticed, well, actually not somebody, but LucasArts, the website, uh, posted a want ad looking for uh, somebody to manage yeah. the Star Wars Galaxies Online uh, project. Uh, however, Sony Online Entertainment is not mentioned anywhere in there. But it'd be somebody working. It'd be somebody working for LucasArts, not mm -hmm. Sony Online Entertainment, managing like a head manager mm -hmm. of Star Wars Galaxies Online. So that got people talking and everything, and you know extrapolations. Apparently, it made it. Uh, that rumor has been on the Force.net forums as well. You know, it's it's pretty much everywhere in the forums uh, related to Star Wars, uh, where Star Wars Galaxies is concerned. But it, it's a rumor well received by some ex-player or... You know, a rumor like that, you usually get two types of uh, reactions, uh, good or bad, obviously. Uh, there's a lot more good reaction to it than bad reaction. That means a lot of people are pissed right now as well. Like, pretty much, I, I mean, that rumor just might be the frustrated people voicing their frustration. Mm -hmm. You know, in hoping that it might be that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, the, it, you get the snowball effect going. You, people, know. Peop, you know, official people will see that and maybe they will make some Actually, change. Actually, the uh, CEO of Sony Online Entertainment has already debunked that rumor. Mm -hmm. But, of course, the counter-reaction to that is, if I was the CEO of Sony Online Entertainment, I wouldn't admit to that, you know. Because my shareholders would freak out and shoot me on, the, on site, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, it's just weird, and I guess we'll have to see now the situation. The the rumor, as it is right now, is that LucasArts will wait until Sony Online Entertainment comes out, releases Jump to Lightspeed, the space expansion. Then LucasArts will announce the uh, production of a second expansion, which is yet to be named or whatever, whatnot, or nobody knows the setting or whatever. Mm -hmm. They will also thank Sony Online Entertainment for their uh, hard work and everything and just say that they feel that they need to gain, take control of the game from this point on mm -hmm. to adjust certain realities. And, of course, the sales have been going like, <laughs> you know, uh, like, uh, I remember Sony Online Entertainment uh, having its, using in the sales pitch fastest-growing online multiplayer game mm -hmm. of the year, you know, yeah, but it was also one of the fastest ones to lose people, <laughs> yeah. you know, once sh once the Jedi started unlocking and people knew how to unlock Jedi and everything, people were just going yeah. for the Holy Grail yeah. and forgetting about the rest of it. It was supposed to be really hard just to become a Jedi and really hard to survive, yep. but now it's completely the, the, the opposite. Yep, yeah, it's, uh, and there are so many things that were promised Now, again, I can understand totally the complexities of running such a complicated game because, I mean, the, the, the sheer fact of so many people being involved in this game uh, has to be a factor. And there's also the fact that 
there's no way game designers will be able to catch every single little bug that that, that that's going to happen, you know, because nobody, you can't think for, I don't know, 20,000 people at once, you know, mm-hmm. or 300,000 people uh, uh, as uh, it was told that once they had uh, that many registered players at some point at the peak of the game, there were supposed to be 300,000 players registered for this game. That's a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, now, again, is this rumor true? Is it not true? Mm-hmm. Me, personally, I hope it is. Because yeah. I'd like, because you don't have the true feeling of a Star Wars game. Uh, like, everything is there. But it's too you complicated. Know how sometimes you have to become more than the sum of your parts. Mm-hmm. Everything is there, but it's not happening. Okay. That's the problem with Star Wars Galaxies right now. It's and it's sad because the basis of the game is really cool. There's a lot to be done in this game, but it's just not going on. For many, many reasons, you know, um, some of which elude pretty much everybody, you know. Some are more uh, obvious, like not respecting the timeline and stuff. You'd be amazed at how many people run around with Mandalorian armor on. <laughs> Why do they make these options available? I guess it's to... Um, uh, Attract more clients or players? What? To attract more players? Yeah, pretty much. It's create demand. You know, it's hype. Mm-hmm. Create hype. Uh, people got excited about Jedi. And, Ooh, I want to be a Jedi. Go play Jedi Knight. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, Jedi Academy, Knights of the Old Republic. Those games are perfect for Jedi mm-hmm. settings. Yeah, and now you've got Galaxy's Player going to Battlefront. <laughs> yeah, you know, the guys who are in Galaxies to actually be in an environment where you could shoot it up a little, you know, and have fun. Uh, I'll take an example of somebody on the forums who was saying, you know, I sort of got the hint that something was wrong when I realized that I had to do something like 16 hours of real play, real-time playing to get my next level of dancer mm-hmm. so that I could get some new moves and stuff. And her her experience was all about being in the cantina and, you know, chatting it up with the people and everything. Mm-hmm. She she took to heart the fact of being a dancer in the cantina. But making dancers a full-fledged profession in the game might have been a mistake mm-hmm. on par with being, uh, I don't know, a bounty hunter. It's not quite the same amount of work that goes in it as far as context and setting goes. Mm-hmm. You know, they should have kept the dancer aspect in... Uh, strictly, not strictly, but maybe in a role-playing aspect mm-hmm. more. Like, permit the players to do the, to emote the moves and dance and start dancing and not have it be required to actually be a dancer, you know. Mm-hmm. Then role-playing is involved. You could be a bounty hunter posing as a dancer. Now, if you want to be a bounty hunter posing as a, da- as a dancer, you have to become a bounty hunter and become a dancer. Okay, yeah. Where's the role-playing involved in that? Mm-hmm. It's just grinding. it's just hard work and pretty much everybody has another thing there's there's an automated macro system in Star Wars Galaxies where you can basically if you're wise enough and you can figure out the tricks you can pretty much automate your character and not be there anymore Mm -hmm. you imagine how insulting and annoying that is to the people who actually stay on and play Mm-hmm. Always running into characters that aren't even that have no soul. They're basically robots. Yeah. There's no soul behind the character in online. So they go to work and, and they let their their the character. Characters do their thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and usually they'll put a macro that uh, like the worst was there was 
to be some goof in the cantina dancing with really bad moves. It wasn't even enjoying to watch with a spam saying, oh, please tip your entertainers. Remember, this is hard work for us. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, did so, you kill him? Again, you know. <laughs> did you the kill actions him? of a few people, a whole lot of other people have to pay for it. So it's just a little insulting. But otherwise, you know, this game has a really good basis. And, uh, like, if they can fix those um, annoying little things that get in the way, then this game has all the potential to become an amazingly cool game. Mm -hmm. Because it's just being able, getting the opportunity to actually socialize with characters within a Star Wars setting, which you don't really get in games like Battlefront, because Battlefront is, Battlefront, you have to hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no ifs or buts about it. There's, where's the guy going to, and I have to shoot him. You don't take the time. It's a no-brainer game. Oh, it's a no-brainer, yes and no. There is yeah, a certain right. amount of strategy involved yeah. in this kind of game, mm -hmm. which is fun. You know, it's first-level and first-person shooters. Let's compare to uh, Galaxies, I mean. Yeah, well, right now, the Gal Galaxies, as it is, is a no-brainer even more. <laughs> oh. You can automate everything. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My point. <laughs> okay. Uh, well. Now, granted, this appeals. This type of game as it is, appeals to a certain amount of players, which mm -hmm. is okay by me, I guess. You know, you can't please everybody all the time. Uh, I just hope something happens, you know, because mm -hmm. I can't put my vote of confidence right now in it mm -hmm. because it's just too iffy. Like, uh, I'm going to finish my subscription and I might not renew it depending on if this rumor is true or not. Mm -hmm. If I know LucasArts has taken the reins back in control, And looking at the few games they've put out the, lately, uh, they have a good success rate. Uh, mm -hmm. They've chosen, the, like, even if it, was, it wasn't games that they did themselves, the people they've associated themselves with did a pretty good work. Uh, now, the problem being that Sony Online Entertainment might not necessarily be one of their best choices, you know. And, and who knows? They might pick it up themselves. They might give the project to some, uh, some other company mm -hmm. who runs multiplayer online games. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there, uh, the one game that gave Star Wars Galaxies a run for its money was City, City of Heroes mm -hmm. that came out this summer. It was insane how many people, I actually met people in City of Heroes that I had played with in <laughs> Star Wars Galaxies. The Switch. <laughs> yeah, pretty much without knowing it. You know, you run into people and some people keep the same... Nicknames uh, and... The same nickname from one game to the other. And I said, hey, did you used to play in Star Wars Galaxy? Yeah, we're on that server. So the fact that I could wind up on the same server in City of the Heroes as somebody on the same server I was with in Galaxies, what are the odds? But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it's funny to see how much the switch was happening. Mm -hmm. So that might be another thing that uh, convinced LucasArts to decide to do something like that. Again, this is all rumor, hearsay, speculation. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Only the future knows. And, you know... Always in movement is yeah, the future, much, blah, yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> Here's hoping, though. <laughs> well, Here's hoping, not necessarily that Sony loses the game, but here's hoping that something happens. Mm -hmm. Some changes occur, some, you know, something positive. Some asses get kicked. Well... I don't know. Uh, not necessarily need to kick some ass, yeah. but just, you know, talk to people, let them know that, you know, things aren't happening, you know, mm -hmm. make things happen so that this game can be saved. Because I don't think there's a lot that needs to be done to save the game. Uh, it's just a lot of, uh, you know, it's, 
you know, rolling up your sleeves and going to work. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Mart. No problem. Uh, we'll see you again, I'm sure. Sure. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Here we go. And that was none other than Wookie Mart. Yes. Wow. Another enthusiastic You do realize band. it's 10 to 11. Yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> we're an hour over. Wow. Yeah, and like Danny and I were talking about making it shorter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's always talking about making the show shorter, but, but it always we gets had, longer. We had a great interview, a great subject. No wonder I'm great so comment. hungry. Oh, nice. So, the show is over now? Yes. Okay, I guess bye. so. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No, seriously, next show will be on October 31st. 30th? 30th or 31st? Halloween. 31st. Yeah. Thank you. It's a Sunday. Yeah. It's 31st, not 30th. Stop writing things badly on my sheets. <laughs> It's 31st. 31st SD. That's 30th. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just changed the number. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, we're looking for a man and woman who, with good communication skills, who's doing the major convention circuit in the U.S. Dragon Con, Gen Con, Comic Con, Wizard World, etc. And uh, we did get uh, today. It's Siabi. Who was going to the? We uh, got two people going uh, to uh, Dragon Con, and we got one person going to Comic Con, and we have one person going to a convention yeah, in, Syracuse. in uh, Syracuse, New York. I don't you remember. You, you made that happen, uh, Brian? Yes. Okay. Thank what you. Uh, what is this? <laughs> the, the, the people in the chat that will be going to the Syracuse convention yes. okay. they'll be reporting to us afterwards it's Siabi or you remember? it is uh, Zel Zeltec Zeltec okay. Minicon or something like that yes. and uh, you can uh, you can always send us an email to studio at swendirect.com with the title SWD correspondent into it uh, our next show as I was saying earlier will be on October 31st uh, subject is still vague, vaguely unknown <laughs> Unknown, but we got some really nice uh, suggestions in okay. the in chat tonight, so it's nice. Thank you very much for your participation. Yes, thank you very. Did very you take much. note because I didn't? No, yeah, it's okay. I did take note here? Yeah. Okay. Cool oh boy. Oh, we're screwed <laughs> now. We're gonna write those down right after the show. <laughs> If you no, there's only been one bar major man. idea okay. that's been. Fubar, Fubar, man. You go Fubar yourself, man. <laughs> comments if you have any comments on the show or that you would like to make any suggestions for upcoming subjects as we were just talking you can always send us an email to studio at swendirect.com if you do like the show we suggest that you talk about it around yourself word to mouth is the best publicity we can have by our listeners bring a friend to the next show bring a girlfriend to the next show bring a boyfriend to the next show bring whoever you want to the next show just bring someone to the next show let us be known we would like to take a second to thank our sponsors sitland.net legends action figures SWRedemption.com our web host simple-net.ca our partners furryconflict.com Trek Wars the Furry Conflict audio drama episode3.net Millennium Falcon TheForce.net your daily dose of Star Wars Galactic Hunter keeping collectors on target T-Bone Star Wars Universe and the Galactic Senate message boards available at StarWarsWithZ.com and StarWarsFanWorks.com the home of Star Wars fan audio this is Sebastian for Brian and Danny saying see you next time on Star Wars on Direct the voice of Star Wars fandom this show has been brought to you by SimpleNet webmasters online gamers or administrators of e-business at SimpleNet we will always have a solution to meet your needs
You are listening to Star Wars en direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Be sure to visit www.swandirect.com for more information about upcoming shows. Hi, this is Dennis Pazuera, the producer of Star Wars. You are listening to Star Wars Indirect. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Cyclan.net, c'est... Les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga. Des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars, incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe. Et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.citlan.net. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective Forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the Internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an Internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com, fandom has a whole new sound. Hi everybody, this is Josh from TheForce.net. When you get online, be sure to stop by the number one fan site for Star Wars for your daily dose. Our Star Wars news is updated literally a dozen times a day. We cover everything from the upcoming Episode 3 to the latest video games and collecting news. If it's connected to Star Wars, you'll find it on TFN. Post your thoughts about Star Wars, react to the latest news in the Jedi Council forums. Over 10,000 posts a day. Stop by our side of the internet, theforce.net, your daily dose of Star Wars. Sir, if you'll not be meeting me, I'll close down for a while. 